you steal the secret of life and death, and here you are, trysting with the bubble-headed co-ed. You're not even a second-rate scientist. Oh, Mr. West, I'm actually glad to see you. It saves me the trouble of having to send for you. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow. Okay, we're going. That's the most notice we've ever had. Oh, well, now. Yeah. <laughs> well, didn't the one time you get some notice and you're not listening. <laughs> Brilliant. Tell me when we started. <laughs> Hello, we've started. Ah. Oh. Brilliant. Welcome to the Horror Tab. I'm Finn. That's Lee. That's Mr. Smith. And here we go again. Mm. Right, before we get on to today's proceedings, long-time listeners of this show may remember a film called Verotica. <laughs> <laughs> we made Mr. Smith watch it. It's the sort of initiation process. And he uh, came back. Yeah, and then he had to... Pick up the DVD of his ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> and I completed both yeah, of those tasks. Uh, briefly, what did you think? Um, <laughs> it's a cinematic masterpiece. Um, yeah, I've never seen anything quite like that. Told you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was like, I was convinced it couldn't be all bad, but it is all bad. Mm. Like, all bad. Great yeah. chunks of like minutes of my life gone watching people do nothing. Yeah. Cut. Yeah. <laughs> and crash soon. Yeah. Hey, uh, fucking bizarre, yeah. So in case you needed any other confirmation that it's an absolute piece of shit, there you go. I still recommend it. It's, 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 you've got to see it. Yeah, yeah, you've got to see it. Like, <laughs> like you said, you'll never see anything quite like it. <laughs> you've got to see it. It's a, a film made by somebody who has no idea how to make films starring people who can't act trying to act. <laughs> but for me, the worst thing about it is still the camera work and the editing. Yeah. Mm, it's just that. like, what? <laughs> yeah, terrible. His every shot is like, um, what's the most of it in Wayne's World, where there's like, it zooms in and out oh, really quickly. It's so like, whoa! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, there you go, Veronica. Still shit. See it. <laughs> Trust us. <laughs> It to be a mixed messages right there. Mm. <laughs> right, anyway, today's episode. Anyone got any news? I haven't. Nah. No. Just not interested. Oh, we found, didn't you say what we found out? Glenn Danzig is making another film. Glenn Danzig does have another film in the works. It's called, I believe, uh, Bikers in the House of Vampires. <laughs> or something like that. Which sounds cool. Mm. The title's probably the only good bit. Though, yeah. So. Mm. But you couldn't get any worse than Verotica. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Verotica 2. Challenge accepted. <laughs> uh, right, anyway. Today's episode, we're talking about three films. Talk about Reanimator, From Beyond, and Dagon. Three films, all directed by the same guy, and all based on works by the same writer. The director being Stuart Gordon, the writer being H.P. Lovecraft. And also Brian Usner produced them all. You should get a shout out. <laughs> Brian Usner, a director in his own right. Yes. Actually he directed did, all uh, of the Reanimator sequels. Reanimate, yeah, and he did Faust, which obviously we've sung the praises of before. Yes, he did Faust, and he did Society, which is a great fucked up film. Mm. Oh dear. 
Yeah, that. Mm. And also Stuart Gordon and Brian Usner created and produced Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I saw that on IMDb. <laughs> Didn't they have a hand in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids um, TV show series? Yeah. That was cancelled after like a pilot episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Stuart Gordon takes on H.P. Lovecraft in today's episode. So Stuart Gordon was born August 11th, 1947. He died March 24th. 2020. Yes. He was a director, a screenwriter, also a theatre director and playwright and occasional actor, mainly in college. H.P. Lovecraft was born August 20th, 1890 and died March 15th, 1937. And he wrote all sorts of shit. Not just fiction, but also he was a ghostwriter and he just, he, just, he wrote lots of, lots of stuff. Most famous works include... Go on then. Cthulhu, Shadow Over Insmith, yeah. uh, Reanimator. Reanimator, um, all that other stuff, you know. What's the one I'm thinking? Oh, uh, Amount Mount of Madness. Oh, yeah, Ma- Mount of Madness. Horror. Horror. Yeah, a lot of fiction. The first fiction he wrote was The Tomb in 1917. And the last thing he wrote was The Haunter of the Dark in 1935. During his lifetime, he didn't really make any money from writing. The only book actually published in his lifetime was Shadow Over Innsmouth, which sold 200 copies. Yeah. Yep. It. Yeah, he didn't really make any money doing it. He actually like lived... Stephen King of his day. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, he actually mainly lived off of a wealthy inheritance. Mm. And oh. he was a massive racist. Yeah. Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he fucking was. Uh, so yeah, Stuart Gordon directed these three films, which I going to do, but uh, he did actually also direct... Um, episode of Masters of Horror, if anyone remembers that, yeah, which is also based on uh, Lovecraft, uh, Dreams in the Witch House. Mm. We're not going to talk about that, because I haven't watched it. Either about it. Castle Freak was loosely based on something, apparently, yeah, but very, lo- very loose. I mean, these are loose, but that was looser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Castle Freak was a direct-to-video job from, uh, I think, 1995, mm-hmm. which had also Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Coombs. Who we're going to talk about in a bit. There's a new version of that just coming out at the moment as well. What, Castle Freak? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it was a trailer for it a couple of nights ago. Does it keep any closer to the story this time? Or? Didn't read Castle Freak, didn't see the original, wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah. Is this also directed video? Uh, I would imagine so, looking at the trailer, yes. <laughs> it's got a good start, beginning and middle. Give me a little protagonist going on Right, so let's go back. The first thing we're going to talk about is Reanimator. Back in early 80s, Stuart Gordon... You alright there? Yeah, I'm on the wrong film. Oh. <laughs> there. Oh yeah, we're doing this chronologically, as is the style of this time. So Stuart Gordon was having a moan to a friend about Dracula films. Mm. That there were too many films based on Dracula, and he wanted to see a Frankenstein film. Mm-hmm. And his friend said to him, have you ever read Reanimator by H.P. Lovecraft? He said, No. Even though he'd read pretty much all of his stuff, but he never read this. Mm. So I'll go read that. At the time, Reanimator was not in publication. You couldn't get hold of it. He actually had to go to the Chicago Public Library and read their copy. So he read it. He liked it. He thought, I'm going to adapt this. Originally, it was adapted into a stage production. Mm. Which I can't can't imagine, but (laughs) (laughs) whatever. He didn't go with that. He then decided to make it into a half-hour TV pilot. And they changed the setting to present day because they figured it'd be too expensive to make it turn of the century, which makes sense. Uh, it was then turned to an hour-long uh, pilot episode that we're going to film, 
and if it was picked up, it would be followed by 12 more hour-long episodes. So like a <laughs> mini-series, essentially. <laughs> they started going in production with this, and he met a guy called uh, Bob Greenberg, who had worked... He was a special effects guy. He'd worked with Carpenter before. John Carpenter. Okay. <laughs> not Carpenter. <laughs> no, not the Carpenters. <laughs> uh, and he was talking to Stuart Gordon, and he said, "Listen, the only money, the only market really for horror is in feature films." Mm. And that's when this Greenberg guy introduced him to Brian Usner, and that's how we got the film we're going to talk about. Bye, Brian. Brian. Hello, Brian. This was actually one of the first films when we started chatting about doing the Horror Attack, or you'd get me on board for it, you ever recommended I go and watch. Yeah. I remember watching it. I remember absolutely loving we, it. We, I think, about a year ago, we did an episode called um, Horror Slash Comedy, mm. about horror comedies, and we briefly mentioned Reanimator and said, we'll briefly mention it because one day we're going to do a full episode on it. Mm. Well, here it is. A year, <laughs> a year later. There's your plot thread. So, Reanimator from 1985, directed by Stuart Gordon, as all these films are. I'll still keep saying it, though. Mm. Starring Jeffrey Coombs, Bruce Abbott, Barbara Crampton, David Gale, Robert Sampson, and Jerry Black. The plot is this. After an odd new medical student arrives on campus, a dedicated local and his girlfriend become involved in a bizarre series of experiments centering around the reanimation of dead tissue. Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. Dead Kleenex. Yes. <laughs> How long have you been waiting to say that? <laughs> Days! <laughs> uh, so this starts, if you, uh, by the way, if you haven't seen this, you can watch it all right now for nothing on YouTube. Mm. Uh, or you can buy it like I did. <laughs> or you can buy it like this schmuck over here. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted it, it I now own it. Okay, so you're going to end up single-handedly saving like movies just for all the films just you buy buying everything. <laughs> Um, if you watch it on YouTube, and actually I think if you watch it in any sort of stream, it there's no sort of studio logo. It literally just goes straight into it. Mm. It starts at the Universität of Zurich, where it's, there's some bad shit going on. You've got uh, Dr. Gruber and Herr West, as they call him, <laughs> locked in the office. Screaming. Screaming. Mm. And everyone's trying to get in. And what the fuck are you doing in there <laughs> they kick down the door and find west kneeling over hans gruber's body because his full name is dr hans gruber amazing yeah. on... <laughs> realize we're doing a christmas film already <laughs> <laughs> so he's on the floor and hair west is now over him with a syringe full of glow stick juice mm. essentially it's exactly what it is yeah. it's, it's exactly what it is yeah um and uh dr gruber is not having a great time. He appears to be zombified mm. and he gets up and his eyes kind of explode. They burst out of his skull. Yeah. And then he... Setting the tone for the rest of the movie. Yep. He dies and they will say, what the fuck did you do? And Herbert West said, I gave him life. Impossibly my favourite line in the entire movie just for the delivery of it. This full on like, I gave him life. <laughs> Kevin does ham it up in this and he's great. Like, yeah. He's absolutely amazing. <laughs> After that, cue the music from Psycho. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, actually, is, it's not um, actually, though. No, it's an homage. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's heavily influenced. Heavily influenced, yeah. 
uh, Richard Band did the um, the score for this, and if you hadn't seen Psycho in a while, you'd just be like, "This is the music from Psycho." It's it sounds that similar, um, but it is slightly different. Like there's a, an odd note here and there that's a yeah. bit different, and I think that there's a more of a percussion in this version. But yeah, it's very, very similar to uh, Bernard Herrmann's score it's for Psycho. They couldn't really deny it to the point where they've gone, yeah, we did it on purpose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it suits it, but like, mm. I mean, they paid Richard Band to compose a score for this film when they probably could have paid less just to use the, <laughs> the music from Psycho that was already really like, how much did we pay that guy? Oh my God. <laughs> Incidentally, actually, um, Richard Band didn't finish the score on time and had to fork up $1,500 of his own money to complete it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's our sort of our beginning. And then it takes us to Arkham, Massachusetts, and the medical school, which I can't remember the name of. Is it Miskatonic? I thought, yeah, okay. So it's Miskatonic, which is in mentioned or. You know, it's in uh, a lot of H.P. Lovecraft's work. So it's Arkham is as well, isn't it? Arkham yeah, is, that's, yeah. That's like, like his fictional town where yeah. he sets a lot of his stuff. Yeah, so like the beginning of Colour Out of Space is west of Arkham. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. So yeah, Arkham, Massachusetts, and we are introduced to uh, Kane, played by Bruce Abbott, who really looks like my brother-in-law. A lot, it's weird. Out word. <laughs> <laughs> so Kane is a medical student. He's trained to be a doctor and he's trying to save a woman's life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, with a woman on the table the, uh, yes. where he uses a defibrillator and she does this whole... <laughs> like all her limbs go rigid for a split second. Uh, possibly, but you've seen the extended version and we haven't. Oh, I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the integral version. Yeah. Right. So yeah, there may be some bits that... Uh, the version I watched, and we watched an hour and 25 minutes. Oh, no, an hour and 40. What? Oh, so you've seen the... Is it just me? I've seen the version I watched an hour and 45 minutes. Like. Oh, I'll leave it to you guys. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Mine was just under two hours, I think. Yeah, we might watch the same one then. Yeah, there's a bit, I, there's a bit remember of the one. woman spasming at the beginning and then the world's yeah. slowest attempt at CPR afterwards. Yeah, then yeah. it goes on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fact, well, that's one of the reasons that I bought I did look it up and I found it and it's. Yeah. If you tell me there's a film out there, a version of a film which has got more in it, I'll mm. buy it. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be rude about the lady they're trying to resuscitate, but I'm thinking a heavier doctor might have got the job done because she is not a small lady. No, no, no. But yeah, when they use the defibrillator, all of her fucking arms and legs spat out for a second, <laughs> which uh, just made me laugh. So, so yeah, we meet Dr. Cade and he is... The woman dies mm-hmm. and he's not happy about it and he's really got to learn to get over that if he's going to make it as a doctor. <laughs> seem a bit squeamish around dead people and stuff at the beginning. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> We're then quickly introduced to Herbert West, who has arrived from Zurich. He was there doing some research, apparently. Yeah. He's now a student at... Been cleared of all charges. Cleared of all charges. <laughs> and he's now arrived at Miss... What is it? Ma- Myth- Miskatonic. Miskatonic. And he is a charming devil. He's a fucking How? dick. <laughs> Herbert West has introduced to Kane and Dr. Hill. Dr. Hill is essentially the the teacher, the professor who's teaching these medical students. Mm. Like and yet, Herman Munstery type person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Herbert West is so rude yeah. and so condescending. It's like, if, if this was real life, you'd slap him. Yeah. <laughs> For fuck's sake. It's, it's almost 
like you can waste the it's that sort of <clears throat> cringy sort of oh god <laughs> is he that bad like, oh my but, god but yeah genius it's basically like, tells Doctor Hill all his work is outdated and nonsense yeah as he kind of sniggers and laughs at his yeah. the, the uh, very idea of all his theories and that yeah, so Doctor Hill does not like Herbert West for obvious reasons he also oh yeah and, uh, West accuses Hill of plagiarism yeah. and he also he knows of his former mentor Gruber and he doesn't like him much either probably because yeah. he knows that he stole from him <laughs> but he's dead now so that's our team and <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've also got Barbara Cramden who, who is, is the Dean's daughter the Dean's daughter and the love interest of uh, Dr. Kane is he actually a doctor yet? I'd say he's a student doctor isn't he? yeah so hasn't quite got his credentials no. so Dan Dan yeah. Kane Dan Kane yeah. so turns out Mr. Kane Doc, Mr. Kane <laughs> <coughs> is looking for a housemate and who shows up at his door Herbert. Herbert West. Wait, just before that, I love the fact he tries to solve his rent problem by proposing to his girlfriend. So the whole be... scene while they're in bed is hilarious. Uh, so so we, we can sort the rent out if we get married and you move in with me. He's like, I don't want to marry you for that reason. And then it cuts and then the doorbell goes off. Why else would you get married? <laughs> oh, I'm keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> they're interrupted by the cat twice as somebody off screen blatantly throws, throws the, the cat. cat. <laughs> oh, Rufus, yeah. The Rufus the cat, yes. Oh, Rufus. So they're running out of the room, and yeah, Herbert West shows up looking to rent out the room, and his main, basically just like, have you got a basement? Can I use it? Mm. That's not creepy at all. <laughs> and he's super creepy all the way through it, and Kane is obviously doesn't want, you know, he's not comfortable with it at all. But he needs the money. And yep. he's already got all his stuff on the doorstep. Yep. He's like, my stuff's here, shall I move in immediately? Yeah. We've all done things we're not comfortable just for... Some money. That's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, <laughs> swore we'd never speak of this. Uh, anyway, and then we get that brilliant scene where they're um, actually in a lecture, and Doctor Hill is slicing and dicing a corpse, oh. and he mm. peels his skull just like an orange, <laughs> as he says. He's also then going through his his theory of. Uh, was it the brain can't be revived after oh, total brain death six, six to twelve minutes? Six to twelve minutes, which Herbert yeah. West disagrees with, and he shows his disagreement by snapping pencils. <laughs> and then getting another one. Yeah, and then getting another pencil and snapping <laughs> that, that. To which point Doctor Hill replies, "I suggest you get a pen." Oh, I love that. <laughs> so we get the idea. Mm. They're students. West is a weirdo. But possibly the smartest one in the room. In the version you watched, is there the scene between what's her name, uh, Barbara Crampton? What's her character's name? Oh, it's Megan. Megan. Halsey. Uh, Megan's dad, the dean, and Doctor Hill when they're at dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And it starts. Doctor Hill starts doing that. Weird. Like it turns out, like in the version, he does a toast. Yeah, but he he was he's also. It turns out he can hypnotize people. In this other version, which apparently was excised from the original cut. Okay, no, I've not seen the hypnotising right, version. Okay. And it's basically, Hill just starts talking to him about Kane and Herbert West. And he's going, they're, they're dangerous. They're dangerous to your daughter. And he's just like, the way oh. he speaks is like just really slow. And apparently demon Headmaster. Yeah. He looks yeah, a bit like, like Demon should, Headmaster, actually. But you should get rid of them zooms, and expel them. Zooms right in on his face, and it's just his face is lit up. as yeah. He's just like talking with this really <laughs> fake look so, on his face. I mean, like, I'm not surprised it didn't. they never left it in, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, it's just him. Like, yeah, yeah, sometimes these extended editions and director's cut and all this stuff, sometimes 
stuff is cut for a reason. Oh yeah, it's just <laughs> mostly pacing. I would have thought, mm. but yeah, it's and it just it feels unnecessary for the rest of the film. But it kind of explains a bit at the end that I would have been confused about without it. Right. It also does make you question who is actually the weirdest person in the film at this point. Oh, they're all fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dinner scene, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's it. They're having it's at a dean's house. They're having dinner, and Barbara Crampton's his daughter's there. Yeah, yeah. And the, Doctor Hill is a bit miffed that she's leaving to go hang out with Kane to mm. study. Air yeah. quotes. <laughs> study. <laughs> and then he he makes like a toast to her before she leaves and it's really like if you were the dad after she left you'd be like right what the fuck was that get out of my house yeah (laughs) yeah very odd so they do get to she does go with Kane yeah and they discover that Rufus the cat is dead yes Rufus the cat is dead yes Rufus the cat is dead and they go that was the thing like he's trying to Kane's trying to bang her basically Mm. she's trying to read a book (laughs) and then she's like Where's the cat? Hang on. Why isn't the cat trying to cock block you? <laughs> Where's the cat? So, because it happens every time, Brandy. Yeah. So she goes looking for the cat. Nobody's st- thrown the cat at us yeah. for the whole fucking day. Stumbles into her, Herbert West's room to find the dead cat in the fridge. Also, he's left the fridge door open. Yeah, he is not energy conscious. No, not at, at all. all. No. And apparently I read that they used a real cat, a real dead cat for that scene. And then you, you see it on film, it's like, no, they did not. <laughs> yeah, Rufus is dead in the fridge and next to him is a jar of glow stick juice. Mm-hmm. And yet automatically you think, well, West has killed this cat because yeah. he's got serial killer vibes all over him. And he explains, actually, it, what did it do? It suffocated, it knocked over some trash and it got his head stuck in a jar. Yeah. He killed it. Yeah, he probably killed yeah. it. Probably killed it's it. never really... I mean, with the nowadays, time. he'd have a video of it happening to, to prove his, his mm. innocence. Be like, look how funny this is. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok got dark. Yeah. Alright, it's very funny, but you could have saved it. But... <laughs> so, later on, uh, at night, they hear the cat screaming. Yeah, literally <laughs> screaming. The cat <coughs> is screaming, and Rufus is back! <laughs> and Kane goes down into the basement, where... West now lives, apparently, even though he's only rented out the one room. And he's freaking out because basically he's brought the cat back to life. And it's fucking murdery. Yes, the cat <laughs> is not in a good... I mean, cats usually aren't in great moods, but this one is literally it's clotheslining people. Pet cemetery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> jumping out and attacking people. So glad you mentioned the clothesline. I love that. It <laughs> <laughs> flies out of fucking nowhere, knocks him halfway across the room. Yeah, and then it disappears and they spend ages basically just trashing the basement <laughs> trying to find the cat. That almost reminded me a little bit of, I think it's the second Evil Dead film with the hands in the wall and you don't see the cat, you just hear the noise and then looking to where the noise is coming from in different spots across mm. the room and then something finally falls over and they just go for it with a fucking baseball bat. Yeah, eventually I think it, it's on, is it Kane's back and he's, mm. he, he pulls it off and just throws it against the wall and it goes bang yeah. and Dump. it's dead. Mm. And obviously Kane has some questions <laughs> <laughs> such as what the what fuck? <laughs> You, you clearly killed my cat. We know that. Mm. But if you tell me what's going on here, I'm willing to overlook this. <laughs> <laughs> so you've brought it back to life and it's turned into a monstrous... Also, we should point out, these aren't zombies we're talking about in this no. film. Mm. They're not after brains. Uh, they are just reanimated things that want to fight. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, like drunks in a pub. 
They're not ready to be alive again, basically. No, They've no. just gone through the trauma they of They are death. cranky as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> They've not been woken about it yeah. at all. None of these are mourning people. So the cat is... Uh, he explains to him, I have made this serum. It brings the dead back to life. But there's been some hiccups, <laughs> as you can see. And Dan, even though they've just killed his cat a second time, is like, I don't believe you. Mm. So, well, I'll show you. So, yeah, they do it again. Yeah. <laughs> even though the cat has been killed, then brought back to brought life, back to life then had again. its back broken and killed again. They're oh, going to so bring it line, back. Or one of my favourite lines is when <laughs> Herbert goes, don't expect him to tango, he has a broken back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you do we definitely agree this cat is dead before yeah. I do this again? It's like, it's like, it's like a magician, isn't it? Just check yeah. your cat is dead. Yeah, she picks it up a few times. <laughs> Look, show the audience. <laughs> it's definitely dead. Uh, yeah, that was real. It's like that's definitely not a real dead cat. Yeah, just, <laughs> picks it up like as a paper mache thing. <laughs> so they bring it back to life again. For uh, this is where and then Barbara Crampton walks in like, what's going on down here, guys? And um. She's obviously not happy. Hasn't got a cat or any dick at this nope. point. Goes running to daddy. Daddy. And Kane and West are expelled. Yeah. Mm. But they're not done. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's learned a lesson. They've all moved on. <laughs> you think, I mean, that seems like a logical place for them to stop this shit. Mm. But no. Uh, Kane and West decide to sneak into the morgue. <laughs> I can't remember how he manages to convince him to go along with this. Um, but yeah, Dan, Kane goes through minutes of being sort of against it and then all for it and stuff without really yeah. um, thinking it wholly through, I don't think. I think something like that, but what if we find a fresh enough body? Yeah, the idea is, the yeah. yeah it's best, this should be done, yeah. Go, <clears throat> what if we find something that's just died? Okay then, fine. <laughs> fine. So they sneak into the morgue with uh, Dr. Kane pushing a, uh, what they call a gurney mm -hmm. in yeah. America with a body on it. And they go past the useless security. <laughs> and when they get in, so they take off the cover and revealed, actually, it's Herbert West pretending to be the body. And he's got the, uh, he's got a toe tag on. Yeah, oh, I noticed this. And yeah. then he puts his socks on and shoes without removing the, toe, the toe tag. tag. Yeah, yeah. So he's still got the toe tag on him the whole time. Which I can't, like, if I get a tiny little stone, like, yeah. it's like the size of a grain of sand in my shoe, I'm like, I can't walk! <laughs> Maybe that's why it's so weird for the whole film. Not Just right wearing toe shoes. tags. Yeah. Eight toe tags on underneath <laughs> <shoes>. <laughs> So, they get hold of a fresher body and decide to bring that back. And it doesn't work at first. And they say, you failed. And Herbert West goes, he failed. <laughs> a they new level of arrogance so blame the guy who's already dead for not coming back to life. But they choose... How dare you? The guy they choose is a hefty fucking bloke. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'd choose somebody that you could sort of overpower, wouldn't you, for the first time? I mean, like, I'd... not somebody who could blatantly rip you in half. I'd be very careful on the phrasing, but yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, they bring a hefty dude back to life, and the Dean shows up. Yes. And hefty dude is pissed off, as all reanimated people are, as we've mm -hmm. established. Mm -hmm. And the Dean is crushed by a door. Which doesn't kill him. No. No, even though the hefty dude then jumps on the door yeah. while he's underneath it. And then hefty dude picks up the Dean, bites off his fingers, yep. and then he just kind of throws him, kind of like how the cat got thrown. And then he dies. And then Herbert West comes up behind the hefty dude with a <laughs> bone saw yeah. and shoves it through his torso, killing him again. <coughs> 
Yes, he's not going to be tangoing either. No. <laughs> and that's such a messy way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't have just gone for his neck. No, yeah. I'm just going to impale him with this thing. And the way like a, a bone saw works as well, I mean, sure, could the you, could you really wrong. stab someone with one? Surely it works as like a, a saw. So you I don't to... think they were going for realism. <laughs> but the rest of the film has. I mean, why not? <laughs> Uh, so after that absolute fuck up, they decide to bring the Dean back to life because yeah. he's even fresher. Literally <laughs> just died. And yeah, it does actually work, sort of. And then Barbara Crampton shows up again, always interrupting their experiments. Yeah. And uh, again, useless security. <laughs> he's just literally like, hi, go in. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or he's just like, Ah, break time. Yeah. <laughs> no cover. No. It's, ah, it's break time. Copy and just walks off. Gets up and have a wank. Yeah. Shift, so. <laughs> well, actually, Stuart Gordon actually said years later in an interview that the reason the security guard gets up and leaves all the time is because he's going to masturbate. I was so, hoping I was wrong. <laughs> well, now you're not. There you go. <laughs> uh, if I ever need to get into a morgue, I'm just going to start sliding copies of Playboy under the security guard's door. <laughs> it's so much to unpack in that <laughs> Let it slide. <laughs> uh, moving on. They fuck off. The Dean is essentially a reanimated corpse at this point, and yeah. he's down in a straight jacket, but they don't really know what's wrong with him. Well, Dr. Hill knows he's dead. Yeah, Dr. Hill figures it out. Yeah, so. everyone else thinks he's just randomly gone mad. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Um, well, that's what Herbert tells the police. And then, like, he just went mental and yeah. attacked us. Yeah. Like, oh, well. What about what? the dead body you yeah, nobody destroyed with that? <laughs> How did that dead body get from that room to that room? And why did you try and cut it in half <laughs> with a Why is there a sword? fucking saw sticking through it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Dr. Hill has another creepy session where he's like... You know, if you're ever lonely, it's like, her dad is uh, oh, yeah. right there, and he's mental. And then he starts banging his head against the window, it's like, <laughs> shut up, Dr. Hill. <laughs> it is quite, the, the guy who plays him has gone from this, like, incredibly intelligent, clearly intelligent man, like, sort of, like, serious and straight. He's so straight in it, yeah. So now to just licking windows and smashing his own head against the wall, like, yeah. constantly. In, in, over the course of, like, two scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again. Probably send things there, really, shouldn't you? <laughs> no, carry on. Hill decides he wants the, you know, the, the, the solution, stuff. the glow stick juice. Oh. So he goes to West's place and he's like, I want your discovery. And Herbert West turns around and decapitates him with a fucking shovel because he's not past murder, apparently. <laughs> so again, in the version that I've got, he um, uses these weird fucking powers of persuasion or hypnotism whatever it is that he has on West he's oh. just literally, he literally goes like give me your notes and West is like okay like, and it just looks bizarre <laughs> it's just literally and then he just sort of sits there hands him his notes but he looks kind of dazed so that's where the hypnotism bit sort of comes into it why did he cut his head off then if he was hypnotised because <laughs> he slowly comes out of it Right. And then once, like, Hill's reading his notes, going, oh, you'll be my assistant and you'll be famous, but I'll be, I'll get the Nobel Prize and all of this. And then he's like, nah, smash. Again, and some then... reasons. <laughs> some scenes are deleted for a reason. <laughs> so, yeah, West decapitates Dr. Hill. Ah. Uh, that's, where, that's where things get really good. Yeah. <laughs> Herbert West is racking up the charges <laughs> in this fucking film. And so, then randomly, after he's cut, he decides he's going to... I mean, again, it's a fresh corpse. So he's going to inject both the head 
and the body. Because yeah. there's not enough walking evidence that this shit works yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's got his head in a pan, yeah. which he's reanimated, and also he's reanimated his body, which is lying on the floor. <laughs> but it turns out the head still has control over the body, even though they're not attached. Yeah. And yeah. The, head, the body gets up and knocks out West. And he takes all of his notes along with his head and he leaves. He makes it, like, it turns out he can speak this time around as well. Like, With it, yeah, he kind of. I, I, I suppose he's got like part of his vocal cords yeah. left and he's like. <laughs> sounds like Gillian Anderson doing Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Dr. Hill heads back to the morgue, and in the worst disguise ever. Best. Yeah. Best disguise ever. <laughs> it's a fake, like, head thing. It's a, it's a medical... It's office, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a, like, a medical... A head used for, like, medical kind of practices. Yeah. So, he's got a fake head, which he's put a surgeon's mask on and a hat, put it on top of his body... And puts his real head in a bag. Puts his real head in a bag and goes into the morgue. The question was brought up by Barbara Crampton actually on set is why can't he just put his real head on his body? Yeah. Um, I mean. To which she was told to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny enough. I love the bit with the security guard as well. The security guard being excellent at his job. Again, again just like, yeah. Goes, is that you, Dr. Hill? And the head of the bag goes, Go on in then. That's when he pops off. Like, his it looks last nothing break, like you. <laughs> Oh yeah, still yeah. sweating from and his last And then he does. <laughs> yeah, he he literally he lets him in, <coughs> and then the security guard goes, ah, break time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so walks away again. It's like, oh my god, who is He's this guy? He's slowly going blind. The security guard. <laughs> 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 he can't see anyone anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so he's also uh, Doctor Hill has taken control of what's left of the Dean's brain, I yeah. guess, either through hypnosis or just because his brain is scrambled egg, depending on which version you watch. Yeah. Hypnosis. And, hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> and he has got the Dean to go and kidnap Barbara Crampton and yeah. bring her to the morgue. And she he gets her there and she hates that she's like not having it. And she hits him in the head and his fake head falls off. <laughs> and then she sees the real head and then that scene happens. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is a scene that will stay with you for a while. Shotgun not <laughs> describing it. <laughs> the term giving head yeah. never quite seems so horrifying. This was um, used in a meme recently. It's like the movie when you're watching it on your own and it's just a shot of him holding the syringe and it's the movie when your mum walks in and it is the that that bit apparently I mean you, this scene is that uncomfortable that the guy who what's his name who played him David his wife Gale. left him over it yeah uh, David Gale's wife divorced him shortly after this film the cast speculated years later that it was because of this rape scene mm. and it was confirmed by Stuart Gordon that during the premiere his wife got up left while shouting David how could you yeah so yeah <laughs> Yeah, and he yeah, basically. You can see why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah it... Barbara Crampton gets her tits out again, basically, like like she's wanted to do in these films. Mm -hmm. um, that shirt is ripped off by her own father. Um, father, yeah, mentally yep. incapable father now. Now he's dead, he seems a lot more happy with the idea of this doctor having a go on her. Yeah. 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 And then the, the doctor's body starts 
well, she's tied down. The doctor's body starts molesting her. Yeah. Then the doctor's body picks up his own head and basically places it between her legs. Yeah. Thankfully, at this point, Herbert West shows up. Said no one else ever at any time. <laughs> I know. Here comes our hero. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, it's this is it's really typical of Herbert West. He doesn't burst in and like he just kind of comes in with some quip and insult yeah. whilst mm. he casually strolls across the room like this like that isn't happening in front of him. <laughs> this, yeah, this, and he does thing. have that brilliant line, get a job in a sideshow. Yeah, who's yeah. gonna believe a talking head? Just get a job in a sideshow. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking crack me up. Well, funny, but yeah, he basically just has a go at like belittles him as yeah. he walks in. Yeah. <laughs> um, As opposed to, are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he never breaks character. He literally does not give a fuck about anyone at all. Like, apart from no, like, it doesn't benefit him in any way. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's like people from Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can you further my artistic career? No, fuck off. <laughs> no offense, Brian. <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> I, didn't, I just meant the people of Brighton. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, all of the town. No exception. <laughs> no, there's someone I live in. Uh, somebody I know who lives in Brighton. He moved there from uh, down south. He's like, everyone here's got that attitude. Like, are you going to benefit me? We can't be friends then. <laughs> Do you want to come to my gig? No. <laughs> anyway, enough Brighton fashion. Digress. Yeah. So, after uh, Herbert's finished verbally <coughs> bitch slapping him, it turns out that Dr. Hill's been busy and he's been injecting all the dead bodies in all the morgue. All of the stiffs. Yeah. And they, as he clicks his fingers and they all come up at once and it... Guessing hypnotism. Yeah, <laughs> but this is what I mean. Without the hypnotism, I would have been like, how is he controlling them? And then, but with the hypnotism, you're like, ah, hypnotism. Uh, <laughs> how do you the, hypnotize a dead body? <coughs> this is the question that's keeping you up it. after this film. I think you've missed various points of this film. <laughs> yeah, it all kicks off big time. Yeah, this this is our climax essentially. There's gore, <laughs> big fight scene, mm. big fight scene. And Dean Halsey has one of the best bits in this fight scene where he grabs Doctor Hill's head and headbutts it. Like, <laughs> he grabs his head. And, <laughs> Yeah, and I believe he, he ultimately crushes it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. just squeezes yeah. it between yeah. his head. Yeah. You can tell Dan's in hero mode now because he shows up in his wife beater with his with his guns out. Yeah, he's <laughs> fully prepared to get thrown around the room quite a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, all the effects really are in this scene, and you've got um, I believe the dean is ripped apart. In the, actually, yeah, that's like a great a shot. <laughs> yeah, because it's all sort of done in silhouette. Silhouette. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I actually quite like that. Um. And Herbert West, unfortunately, is eaten by intestines. He decides to overdose Hill's body Mm. with two syringes. And then uh, the intestine comes out and grabs him? Yeah, Yeah, his stomach kind of explodes. The intestine comes out, grabs him and sucks him in. Yeah. And eats him, I guess? I guess so. Uh, But yeah, Kane and just... Oh, I'll see you. And he leaves. <laughs> he leaves with Barbara Crampton. They're getting, like, getting the fuck out of there. And to be fair, you would as well. Because there's anyone West. to leave behind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He may not be the most <clears throat> evil person in the film, but also you don't want to hang out with that guy he's, after yeah, this. He's still thing. done nothing that would make you want to risk your life for him. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Barbara Crampton dies. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. And he's we. strangled by a burnt man. Yeah, and then uh, the film sort of ends as it begins with Kane attempting to resuscitate her. 
And obviously, he's not gotten any better at being a doctor because <laughs> she dies. He's not really studied at all during no. this time. He's been dicking about. Only <laughs> got himself to blame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the film ends with him injecting Barbara with the uh, glow stick juice. Mm. Roll credits. Goes face to black and she screams. Yes. Is it her scream? That's what I assumed. Because I, so. I assume she's woken up like, and she's oh. screaming. Wait, was that on my version? That's how my version ends. Oh. It kind of he injects her and then it sort of fades to black as he's injecting her and then there's silence for a second and then you hear her scream. I might have just switched it off before then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like that final shot where you could just see the glowing syringe and then obviously yeah. Oh yeah, I've got that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's almost artistic. Well done, it, it is. A, I think it's a really nice little touch. I liked that. Mm. Overall, I fucking love this film. It's, it's great. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> it is. This is the first time you watch this, isn't it? It is the first time. It's one of those. It's been on my list of films to watch for ages and ages and ages, but I've somehow just never got around to it. So, of course, coming to do this. I was quite pleased that we were going to do it, and I, that's the other reason I bought it. Because I was like, now, now I can buy it. I have reason to buy it. And uh, yeah, great film. Thank fuck you liked it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you kind of that was shit. <laughs> yeah, like it is. Over the top is the words oh, yeah. to describe. <laughs> it's it's gory. It is one of those fun, over the top, gory eighties slasher. Not really slasher, but you know what I mean. Horrors, kind of like Brain Dead yeah. or Return of the Living Dead or something like that. Um, it's just fuck. It's demented. Yeah, it's, de it's fucking demented. It's um, like when you talk about the the whole video nasties from the eighties and stuff. This is this is what I think of. Like, it's, yeah. just, it's just part of that. Yeah, like uh, genre. Yeah, and the, obviously uh, the BBFC did not like this film <laughs> on release, believe it or not. And the whole um, giving head scene was cut for theatrical releases. Obviously, it's been stuck back in. Yeah, really wish we could call it something else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that explains it entirely. Yeah, I know. But I wish From we both could call it something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though I'd say we we highly recommend. Um, yeah, if you have not seen this film, then watch it. And also the the performances are brilliant. I think like uh, Abbott as Kane is just a really really good like straight hero, but yeah. slightly dorky kind of guy. Barbara Crampton is Barbara Crampton, which mm. I'm fine with. Mm. Um, but yeah, Jeffrey Coombs as Herbert West is just... He's off the charts. I've never great. really seen anything like it. No. Like, I don't know how he... I you wonder where he gets his influence for the performance from. Like. It's just unlikable, but... Lovable. Not the same I don't know, he's intriguing. Like you, you, yeah. don't, you don't want to see less of him at all, even though every time he's on mm. screen... It's just... I think it's horrendous. just the way he delivers his lines. Mm. Like, they're... You know, basically the script is like be an arsehole yeah. but he just does it so fucking well mm. that you're almost kind of like rooting for him, bit like yeah. Mm. There's a, a level of arrogance, sort of unheard of. Yeah, <laughs> most. And it's not like usually you hear a kind of people getting away with their shitty personalities because they're let's say very good looking. Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, he's yeah, a short by spectacle <laughs> weirdo, but he's just so good at it. It's like. Oh, brilliant. But you'd want to hit him if you weren't so curious to see what dickish thing he was going to say next. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I might miss out on something good. Continue. <laughs> and he fucking does. If he was in that class, like his medical class or whatever, he'd be the one she was always talking about. And then Herbert said this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever happened so, to him? Eating bug guts? Yeah. <laughs> It was a whole reanimating corpses thing. There was a bit of a scandal. They had a gut full of him. <laughs> uh, right, so I've had a little tidbits for you. Originally, 
David Gordon, not David Gordon, Stuart, Stuart Gordon, Gordon, sorry, wanted to do this in black and white yeah. as an homage mm. to Frankenstein. Uh, we mentioned a couple of other bits already, such as David Gale's wife divorcing him mm-hmm. and the uh, guard going to masturbate all the time. Yeah. Uh, also, the woman at the beginning that is, receives the, the, the dialysis, not dialysis, defibrillator, defibrillator that's mm. it. Um, the woman who, the extra who played her, apparently was a, quote, dildo enthusiast <laughs> and hid, <laughs> hid dildos all over set. Uh, such as in the morgue. I'm and really worried for the... a second. You're about to tell me how. Yeah, I was thinking like when he was doing <laughs> when he was doing CPR, one might fly out of that. <laughs> Just <laughs> as they shock her with the defibrillator. <laughs> <laughs> Shake on those bingo wings. Turn it up to speed four, lads. Uh, apparently, yeah, they just kept finding dildos all like hidden all over the set. Wow. Was she friends with the security guard? <laughs> <laughs> they they were married shortly afterwards. Uh, <laughs> uh, Christopher Lee was offered the role of Dr. Hill. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Turned it down. I'm still on the previous point. <laughs> I can't believe uh, such a distinguished actor as Christopher Lee would turn this role down, even with that giving head scene. Well, Christopher Lee is clearly a moron, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and his music shit. I said it. <laughs> Never heard it. Can't comment. Uh, and the whole thing was shot in 18 days. Fuck. Oh, okay. Which is nothing. Really. It's yeah. just over two weeks, for fuck's sake. Uh, I want to mention there were two sequels, Bride of Reanimator in 1990, which I've seen, and it's not as good. It's uh, it's, on, it's uh, free on Prime at the moment, so I'm, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I mean, watch it, but yeah. no, it's not as good. I've heard, but... And Beyond Reanimator in 2003, both starred Jeffrey Coombs again, and both were directed by Brian Eusdor. How is he back? He got eaten. Uh, yeah, I thought it was the second one, wouldn't you? the reason I want to watch Bride of... That opening scene's going to be horrific, isn't it? It's just him crawling out of a fucking body. It's him being shit out. (laughs) He's back. Right. Mm, Round two. Mm. I forgot to ask, actually. Has anybody read (laughs) Reanimator? Yeah, I have. Like like a year or so ago. Um, It's surprisingly close to the original story. Mm. Um, but obviously they make it's not modernised and shit because that hadn't happened yet and that would involve time travel but it's not comedy either no 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 no, no, no. H.P. Lovecraft had no sense of (laughs) humour no (laughs) was it a standalone story or was it written in serial form it was a serialised thing he actually I read somewhere he wasn't fond of it at all yeah Um, but he was getting paid five dollars for each entry into the serial so he carried on yeah (laughs) I mean I don't know what that is in racist money but I'm sure it's worth every cent that's basically getting a beer for every time you do a story nowadays (laughs) yeah yeah, which uh, there probably are some people that do that one of those people in Paris used to like pay off their bar tabs with little napkin drawings because one day they'll be famous yeah like you said the general gist of it is pretty much the same obviously there's no big Oh, I don't really call it morgue orgy of blood scene at the end of it. Yeah. So you know, I'm glad they I'm glad they uh, stuck that in at the end. Out, out of curiosity, how does it end? I can't 100 percent remember. I know a lot of the bodies end up escaping because um, they figure out that basically they can't really stop them because they're too strong. Right. So they kind of let them wander off. But I don't know I read it. I think I 
read half of it and I listened to the rest on an audio book and I'm fairly sure I fell asleep. I tend to fall asleep being, um, listening to H.P. Lovecraft because that's how you have nice dreams. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> what do we have? Horror and racism. Fantastic. Chuck me in. I thought I was fucked up for listening to Nine Inch Nails to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> right. So... After Reanimator in 1985, just a year later in 1986, we got From Beyond, uh, directed by Stuart Gordon, obviously, and of course written by H.P. Lovecraft, based on a short, a very short story. Seven pages. Seven pages. <laughs> this might also be the only episode where you've said H.P. Lovecraft more than I have. <laughs> well, I'm just making up for the, <laughs> the amount of time thousand and one you've got on me. <laughs> uh, also, this was filmed in Italy hmm. with the same... Not all, but some of the same cast and the same sort of production crew. Yeah. Uh, the idea was that filming, you know, Reanimator, you had to ask people to do some weird things. Mm. And he thought, well, if they're all used to it, yeah. it won't yeah. take as long for people to adjust. <laughs> so I'll just use the same people and it would get done quicker and cheaper. Also, it was filmed in Italy because it was a lot cheaper. Yeah. Anyone in the crew got a slightly angsty wife who might not enjoy the, pro- uh, the premiere? <laughs> Continue. It stars Jeffrey Coombs again. Yay. Barbara Crampton again. Yay. Double yay. <laughs> Two yays for you, lady. <laughs> Ken Forey and Ted Sorrell. And mm. that's pretty much it. Yeah. Pretty much a four person show. There's obviously little bits, mm. but that's the main, main cast. The plot, beef. A group of scientists have developed the Resonator, a machine which allows whoever is within range to see beyond the normal perceptible reality. But when the experiment succeeds, they are immediately attacked by terrible life forms. Yeah. Yep. yeah so, <laughs> they've, they've managed to somehow contact another dimension using an 80s computer. Mm, the, I think a the massive I, Commodore 64. Yeah. The way they explain <clears throat> it in the story, because it was only seven pages, so I actually read this one. Um, <laughs> I did like, not. That, that dimension's kind of like meant to be overlaid on top of ours, so you're just kind of like piercing the veil, so to speak. But the entire short story is told before the credits um, actually happen at the beginning. Because obviously right. this one jumps straight in. And um, they still get the story wrong. They only had seven pages to follow and they still fucking changed it. Yeah, so in this, our opening bit, our cold opening, is uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Coombs is there with his giant Commodore 64, whatever the hell it is. He turns it on and it's, it produces some fish holograms. Mm. Um, eels. Yeah, eels floating in the sky, but they bite him and it's for real. Mm. It's for realsies. And this, this resonator thing is working. And bits from this other dimension are coming through to ours. And uh, the, the doc, uh, Ted Sorrell's character, has his fucking head bitten off. But he runs down to tell him he's got it, Jeffrey Coombs runs down to tell him he's got it working. And the first time we see the doctor is he appears in his sex kimono. Mm. Yes. <laughs> he, this doctor is a kinky bastard. Yeah. <laughs> um, the nosy neighbour, what is it? Her dog gets into Her the dog, house. Yeah, she the house. goes in after the dog. Sees what's going on, leaves the dog. <laughs> she runs out of there like, fuck this, fuck the dog. Her line to the police on the phone really made me chuckle. Like, you told me to call you and you'd send a squad car if there was another disturbance. Deep breath. Well, I'm disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they all leave and, and run away, and the dog is left chewing on the body, or what's left of the body of the doctor. Yeah, the, the neighbour does this thing like she's. She starts running away. Now, this happens about three times in the film. As though she runs down the corridor, 
she's running really slowly, like and deliberately. Mm. Like, and every time that somebody else runs down that corridor, it happens to them as well. So I don't know why. Because it's dimension time traveling. Oh, right, gotcha. It's the slow motion dimension. The dimension. My mistake. The dimensional goop on the floor is stopping them from achieving full speed. <laughs> uh, cue the opening credits. This time they've gone for a, a pink neon as opposed to a green. Maggots. Maggots? It's maggots, isn't it? Or am I thinking of the wrong film? No, yeah, it's been like maggots the backdrop of the credits. Oh, maggots. I meant like, yeah, yeah, the, um, but the, when the title comes up for him, it's yeah. like reanimator was like a green neon. Now we have a more of a pink, pink. neon. Yeah. And like HP Lovecraft's From Beyond. We're now in a, after that in the hospital and we're introduced to Barbara Crampton playing a doctor, a psychiatrist. Mm. Yes. Because Jeffrey Coombs' character has been locked up in a padded cell. Mm. Yes. And there's a scene where they, Barbara Crampton's doctor is arguing with like another doctor or some shit. It's like, I want to see him, he's my patient now or whatever. And they walk down the corridor to get to him. And I swear they ripped this off of Science of the Lambs. Yeah, it's the obligatory mental asylum. Yeah. Guy having a wank. Wanking guy. In yeah, the yeah. She walks down slowly looking like in all the cells and looks in one and there's a guy jacking off. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's in a, a padded cell and they're trying to figure out what exactly happened and he's just telling the truth. Yeah. No one believes him, that's why he's in the padded cell. And Barbara Crampton decides, we're going to recreate the experiment. Yeah, it, it's a flimsy premise. Because but... <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and we'll see just how nuts you are. Yeah, yeah. I suppose the whole point to prove that you're making this up, we're going to do the experiment you claim to have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. flimsy. And if it <laughs> does work, we might all die. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, they say because okay. he's been declared insane, so they can't try him in court. So it's like, so do you want this to work or do you not want this to work? So Barbara Crampton takes Jeffrey Coombs, who's now a patient, uh, along with Ken Forey, who is a detective or a police officer, accompanying them to, uh, did anyone notice the address of this place? 666. Benevolent Street. What possibly go wrong? In five seconds, he makes two big kind of like cinematic faux pas, steps out, immediately assumes that Jeffrey Coombs is the doctor, not yep. the bloody woman. That seems to be still a bit of a theme with us week to week. Yeah, Ken Forey is not woke in this. No. <laughs> and then it takes him another 10 seconds to mention that he used to play American football, so everyone he knows used to be crazy. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he's a fucking huge dude. He's a big guy. But the, the 666 thing, the, the <clears> house that Dan Kane lives in as well, his address is 666. Uh. Uh. Is it Benevolent Street? It isn't, no. It's Malevolent Street. <laughs> <laughs> so they, can they go back to the house to recreate this experiment, we said. And they get in there and she puts on the TV and there is a video of the doctor fucking... No, he's flogging a woman yeah. who's tied up. Is there all the BDSM is, is there? Yeah. Is the, yeah. It's basically a sex dungeon. Yeah, with basically. Like, Shackles and manacles and shit hanging from the ceiling. For a split second, I thought they were watching Videodrome. Yeah. And then it zooms in a little bit and I'm like, no. <laughs> There's the whole bit when they get in the house as well that apparently the power is out, even though all the lights are on. Mm. Like, it's not dark <laughs> in that place. But then you've got the, the bit where um, Bubba pratfalls over all the cables. Mm. So um, 
what's his name, Crawford, J Jeffrey Coombs, like starts yeah, talking yeah. to him about something. And then she, she flicks the switches and then they turn around and he's gone. It's like, ah, oh, we lost him. Like, How? <laughs> he was just talking <laughs> to you not <laughs> two seconds ago. It's, you know, like, it's either just before or just after that, Jeffrey Coombs shows up with an axe yeah. and he's disarmed. And I'm really sure, was he trying to kill her or destroy the machine? Because it well, looked like he was trying to kill her. He's hiding in the shadows. And then he's kind of wait, they walk into the room, they see the machine. Then they're kind of they're walking around for a sec. Then they turn the lights on, and that's when Jeffrey Coombs is like, "Ah!" Mm. with the axe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 it looked like he was going for her. If but then he's like, "I'm trying to get the machine." If you can write a playbook on how to not make yourself look better in a situation. <laughs> he wrote that one right there. Mm. But before they can do uh, anything, they've got to eat. Yeah. As Ken Forey is constantly saying he's hungry, and he cooks up. What the what fuck, the fuck is that? it? What is that? <laughs> That's what I was trying to... But he gives himself more than anybody else. Mm. Like, one for you, one for you, four for me, mm. of whatever it is. What is it's it? It's either a big fucking soggy cauliflower or a massive lump of mashed potato well, cooked on top of a stew. I think it's biscuits and gravy, which is something we don't have over here, mm. but in America it's quite it's popular. We, we call it stewing dumplings, don't we? Are they kind of dumplings? They are kind of dumplings. That's a big fucking dumpling. I know. Like, it's like a pan full of brains. <laughs> Someone from the States, if you listen, could you let us fucking know? <coughs> yeah, I, I, he's like, mmm, it smells like, it smells so good and all this. And I was like, ugh, that <laughs> looks vile. It's like what a fucking fuck? wad of dough. Yeah, it's like, it does, yeah, it kind of looks like mashed potato or just like <laughs> really, solid really overcooked cauliflower. <laughs> it's gone soggy and just this kind of very light brown, slightly grey looking shit underneath. This is why I ate before the podcast today. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, they chow down <laughs> on whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, then they go switch the machine on. Uh, the machine which gives you a boner, by the way. Mm. Yeah, every, was it, um, Crawford and um, the Doctor get a bit sexy eye mm. at each other. Yeah, and uh, it, it gives um, the, the sheriff, the, sorry, the sergeant. Sergeant Bummer. Yeah, he gets a boner. Um, it, it's, just, it's just a side effect. They, they get horny when the machine's switched on. Just before he does it, Crawford does explain that if he turns on, we've all got to stand still. Because mm. if you move, they'll see you. Yep. And break your attack. back so you can't tango. <laughs> <laughs> and then the doc shows up back from that other dimension. Back He's from now... beyond. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very... Like he turns up naked and he's a very hairy man. He's got mm. really hairy shoulders. It's he's quite got... disgusting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's, like, it's like he's wearing a fucking Chewbacca jacket. Yeah. It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> also uh... slightly see-through. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes it worse. Fizz, <laughs> <laughs> your legs cannot. Be quiet. <laughs> and uh... he's a bit moist. <laughs> Still juicy. <laughs> And is this, uh, is it in this first switching off the machine where we see him in his like, his very slither kind of thing? Mm, he's still, no, he still looks time. human in this. Yeah, he still ah, looks human. He's got a bit time. of a sheen to him and he does this. Yeah, he's very slimy looking. He's very Crawford. juicy looking. That's it. Mm. Been... like, is it you? And he goes, touch, touch me. me. <laughs> I wrote, touch me, says the moist, hairy, naked man. Nah. <laughs> no. But Crawford does. He does, and he like leaves little indents where he oh, touches it. Yeah. It's like he's made it's out of squidgy, like play-doh. Yeah, yeah. play-doh covered in the jelly from a pork pie. That was what I was getting from that. Though. Yeah, <laughs> jelly with deal. hair. Oh lord, <laughs> I do not feel well right now. Yeah, it's really disgusting. And I believe they just switched the machine off. Say that's enough of that, which yeah. is fair enough. I wonder, the, is that not when the sergeant gets bitten by the little baby? Nah, that's at the end. Is that the next one. 
And then we get... That's the third one. Nah, he gets bit by one pretty certain on. Who does? Oh, the... the but what, Bubba gets bitten by a jellyfish. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. shot off Yeah, because then that's what I mean. Like, they said not to move, and he moves. Crawford mm. goes, no, and this jellyfish attaches itself. The jellyfish with a weird vaginal toothy thing. Yeah, there uh, it is. That's the word I was not waiting for. <laughs> Bites him on the arm. That's it, and then he wakes up, and he's like, I've got a boner. Yeah. Mm. Still, from the boner machine that you switched on. <laughs> so I'm becoming a nun. Fuck this. Uh, <laughs> So after they all have a nap after that. Because <laughs> they're sexually drained. Yeah, and then uh, after breakfast, because they've got to eat, uh, the breakfast looks a bit more appetising than whatever the fuck he served off for dinner. Uh, Barbara Crampton, our doctor, decides she wants to do it again. Mm. And she fucking does. She, uh, yeah, she starts, she turns on the machine again. I think this is when we first see Jeffrey Coombs' forehead pulsate. Mm. Yeah, wah, yeah, yeah, wah. that's it. Wob, the pineal wob. gland. That's it. Mm. Uh, the, the, what is it? Yeah, the, pe- the pineal gland? Well, they, they pronounce, apparently they pronounce it wrong throughout the whole film. They call it the pineal gland. Yeah. And right. it's supposed to be pronounced pineal gland. Okay. I have, couldn't tell you which one is right. I have no idea. It's just what I read. I'm just going to use that as my excuse for probably misspelling it all the way through my notes. <laughs> I wrote it how I heard it, right? <laughs> pineal, pineal. I think, no, I saw it written <clears> down. I thought... Pineal ice because I watched the film. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's not like Americans usually mispronounce things, is it? So we'll take their word for it. We'll <laughs> <laughs> or, or change words entirely. Yeah. Uh, we invented caramel. <laughs> anyway. Aluminum. <laughs> Actually, it was discovered by an American, so God give them that one. Uh, yeah, but we created the language. <laughs> but we also like cheating at Scrabble, so who's to say? <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway. So, uh, he then goes upstairs and she's switched the machine on and she snogs him, because... Reasons. Reasons. <laughs> uh, and then this is where the doc shows up in his, his sliver form. Yeah. If you've ever seen yeah. the film Sliver, they obviously took a lot of influence, influence from yeah. this, this scene in particular. I think James Gunn has seen From Beyond more than ten times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's all half man, half blob with slime and bits of hair sticking out of him and it's really quite disgusting. It's like the thing, but worse. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's, it's the hair. Yeah. It's the fucking hair, man. It's disgusting. Um, and then uh, the doc, yeah, he, so he shows up again. He grabs Barbara Crampton and she's naked. Yep. Yep. Ripped all the clothes off. Yep. Yep. And he does that weird thing with his fingers and his hand goes off camera and yeah oh, he's his got fingers get all he's got the yeah. long fingers and he says that in another life i would have enjoyed you in another way <laughs> explain more no don't no, 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 no. <laughs> worst valentine's card ever <laughs> doesn't he rip his own face off at this point as well yeah i think so yeah i quite like that effect to be fair when they do that that looks pretty cool yeah it yeah. does yeah he ripped no was it the first time round he rips his face off yeah, it is. It's the end of the first time. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Mm. It's not as good as the um, the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor face ripping off. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't take his face off and frisbee it. No, no, nothing will be that. He does rip his own I face mean, off. It feels like a missed opportunity <clears> now. But... <laughs> but yeah, Crawford runs away, and that's the second time we get that slow, weird run down the corridor thing. When this is it, yeah. Jeffrey Coombs' Crawford decides, fuck this, I'm out, leaves Barbara Crampton. And uh, goes to the basement where he meets a worm. Mm. Uh, Sergeant Bubba tackles him on the stairs first of all with just his pants. Yes. Yeah, like, just yeah for this whole scene. Yeah, yeah, he's just in his pants. But yeah, then they find a, a sandworm 
or one of those things from Stranger Things in the basement. Yeah, or June, or Tremors, yeah, any of those. Or, yeah, any of those. <laughs> um, and this is where <laughs> the cop, Sergeant Bubba, decides to fight this giant worm with a knife. Not the, not the gun that we know he has. <laughs> a knife. <laughs> or the axe that's kicking about as well. Like, you get a bit more heft behind that. Yeah, yeah. no, just, just a knife. I mean, it's been a while since I've taken a swing at a giant worm with an axe, but I'm pretty sure that would do more damage <laughs> than the fucking knife. Yeah, and the, the worm eats Jeffrey Coombs' head, sort of. Sort of. It does. He swallows him. As the doctor is eating the doc's, the, what, Barbara Crampton's head. Yeah. Please finish that sentence properly. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. And, uh, a lot of, Barbara Crampton gets a lot of eating in one film form or another in these films. Yeah. And then uh, Ken Forey is hard Ken's and eating. He, he pulls the plug, essentially. And every, obviously, when he pulls the plug on the machine, every you know, other dimensional thing disappears. Yeah. Um, so Barbara Crampton is okay. Jeffrey Coombs is alive, but now bald. Everywhere from the looks of things. <laughs> yeah, he's he just ate his hair, apparently. Mm. Wait, yeah, okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, after all that, she wants to do it again. Well, she's put, they put Crawford to bed in the sex dungeon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's got to be another room in that house, surely. Another bedroom. It's the only one with a white clean bed. Yeah. You've just been in something's mouth, mate. We're not putting you on the good <laughs> sheets. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And then she has that weird... Yeah, she wants to do it again, but she has that weird scene where she, she gets finds to get the, dominatrix She stuff. finds the kink closet. Yeah. Opens it up and all the... Um, Puts <clears> it all on. All the, the whips and the chains are in his little his little chamber of secrets. <laughs> and uh, she sees it. And of course, she's been, you know, around the machine. So she's horny. Yeah. And it doesn't just make you horny. It makes you fucking freaky as well. Mm. So she gets dressed up in all the Dominatrix gear. And fucking hand rapes Jeffrey Coombs. Yeah. yeah. He's now a hairless being. Yeah. <laughs> just she, lying on the bed. She fuck. straddles him, <clears throat> grabs his junk, and then sort of tastes him like she puts her yeah. fingers I couldn't tell if it was tasting or smelling no she like licks I mean, her not, fingers neither of those are better than the other one. I don't know it just, <laughs> yeah. just read the police report it's going to matter like. <laughs> yeah it's not um, I don't know if it was supposed to be played for sexy or if it was supposed to be played for weird but it's definitely weird it's definitely weird yeah. um, I, I don't know how sexy I mean it's Barbara Crampton but also it's Weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's a, a stunning a. woman. Bit of column B. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, she's yeah, smelling his column Jam it together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's odd. And then Bubba comes in because he's trying to take him home. He's like, now. "What the hell is this?" So she comes onto him. <laughs> yes. And he, for a split second, looks like he might go through with it, and then he just spins around and slut shames her in the mirror. Yeah. Mm. Goes, Look at you! What have you become? It's like a fucking woman. <laughs> at this point, the machine turns itself on. Yeah, that's where we're at now. The machine is turning itself on. It's mm. become a, a sentient being, I guess. Everything else in the house is getting turned on. It's probably being <laughs> <Yeah>. left out. <laughs> and when it turns itself on, these bees or oh, yeah. mini what? scarab beetles come out and they attack uh, our... But they attack Bob, Crawford. and Crawford, first of all. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he can get rid of them by shining a torch on them. Or yeah, something. It yeah I didn't quite understand that. I mean, it they're the attracted. Fact when he drops the torch. Yeah, they're attracted get... to light. Right. So he shines the torch and they leave oh, okay. Crawford and Barbara Crandon's character. Uh. 
And then so he looks, drops the torch on it, the floor. And it's shining perfectly on his own face. <laughs> yes. It's shining directly <laughs> at him. Just unlucky. So they attack him. At no point does he just step, step out left. of the light yeah. <laughs> slightly. And yeah, he just stands there in the spotlight, not moving, as they eat him mm. and leave him pretty much just a skeleton and, and a head. A head. And that's yeah. really good. Looking guts as well. Yeah, so a few sort of entrails left. I do, I do like that bit where they oh, sort of right. come off him and he's just all like bones and a few guts and stuff. But yeah, it does. It, 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 watching that the first time around, it does, does look like he the light gets rid of the fucking flies mm. at first of all, and mm. then they are attracted to it as soon as it's on him. It, it does look weird. Racist space flies. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, what they are, I mean, on screen, they just kind of look like black dots. Yeah. But what they're meant to be, I don't know if it's bees or, let's say, little mini scarab beetles from the mummy. I don't know. Yeah. But it, it, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he really did. Yes. And Dr. Pretorius comes back as a full-on mank beast. Mm. Yeah, and also the, uh, the what is it, the... the Pit in the pineal, the, 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 the gland is now poking out of yeah. Jeff Crawford's is head. the bit where he does, um, oh no, oh no, Yeah, doesn't he great? He grabs <coughs> Barbara Crawford at this point with what I think is his penis. Yeah, it shoots out of, from it's definitely that area. From that area yeah. Is this the doc? No, the, yeah, the doctor. <coughs> yeah, was, yeah. Um, yeah, he grabs Barbara Crawford with what looks like his penis. It could be his penis. Yeah. Mm. Possibly. Yes, and uh, Coombs is now growing his his. Yeah, his comes out, and that's this is the bit where he goes because I can see everything now. It's beautiful, and it's a really horrible effect. Mm, yes, like, but I'm not sure that's better than actual vision. <laughs> uh, it turns out the whole the machine is just. Um, Taken out with a fire extinguisher. Essentially, they just <laughs> yeah. they just spray it with a fire extinguisher, and it stops. The end. <laughs> Sadly, no. Not. It's not though, is it? It's not. <laughs> After all that, she wants to turn it on again. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> They're taken to hospital. Shit goes down in hospital. Um, obviously, uh, Jeffrey Coombs' character Crawford has got this thing growing out of his fucking head. Head penis. Head. That's a, that's a, that's a small penis. <laughs> 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 it's a protruding member from his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's in hospital and um, he, he escapes from his room and there's a brilliant bit where the nurse grabs a security guard and says call security <laughs> oh, I love that he is security come on he's offended he's, he's like oh man <laughs> guess I'll just go what home what am I a chop never <laughs> <laughs> the nurse doesn't need security in the end she finds him uh, in the hospital eating I think a brain yeah I think yeah. it's a brain it's a, yeah. Either that or it's just a red version of what they had for dinner earlier. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it turns out that Crawford, along with his member <laughs> growing out of his head, they've developed a test, uh, taste for brains. Mm-hmm. So he sucks her eyeball out of her skull and then sucks her brains out for her eye socket. Also, the woman he's doing that to is Stuart Gordon's wife. Wife, yeah. Yes. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, she's in um, Reanimator as well. I think he casts her in a lot of things mm. and she dies in everything. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Do you reckon he just did that bit so we could look back at Rihanna and go, my wife didn't fucking leave me, mate. You know. <laughs> or just in case she ever divorced him, we could just watch them back. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> That's great. She's got a, this weird line in the film as well where they're talking about uh, Barbara Crawford, uh, Crampton 
um, she claims that Barbara Crampton can't stay in the mental hospital because she's behaving too, too mentally yeah. and she might upset the other mentals. Mm. Like, she can't stay here, she's acting erratically and might, un- like, might upset the rest of the patients. So, I mean, surely all of the patients she's are acting kind of erratically. Surely they're all upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where do, I can't, where, where do they put her? Well, they're going to give her shock escapes. therapy, aren't they? That's it, they're going to give her shock therapy. She escapes and... Uh, Crawford sort of abducts her, doesn't he? Well, he takes he's, out the two paramedics. Yeah, he, has, he sucks out some more <laughs> eyeballs and he stuff from the paramedics. That screaming homeless man in the gurney who yep. fucking loves his two minutes on screen because he's yes. going mental. <laughs> screaming and like blubbering and stuff is great. Yeah, and he, uh, he get, basically gets her back to the house and the idea is that uh, Crawford, along with his member... <laughs> They're sort of possessed, and he is going to get the machine back up and running and essentially kind of sacrifice her because he loves her, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, by the way, I love you. Um, but Barbara Crampton's having none of it, and she bites off his third eye member thing. Yeah, he's trying to chain her back up in the BDSM room. Isn't it? She's turned up, but she's got dynamite from somewhere. Yeah, she yeah. gets a bomb no, from somewhere, which is not explained. Yeah, a fully made bomb yeah. with a timer on it dynamite attached to it it's been made by somebody for some purpose she's got it from somewhere and she just places it on the machine yeah mm. it's it's yeah <laughs> she, they, maybe she's obviously obviously she got it from the hospital stopped off at the dynamite shop <laughs> on the way uh, and uh, yeah, so she cut, bites off his, his fucking member thing and then the, the doc shows up and it gets really weird and once Jeffrey Coombs doesn't have his little gland thing anymore, he's like, oh, fuck, and they have a fight, and I think the doc eats him, and then... Yeah, he, they, gets, yeah. he gets all heroic and goes, I'm not running away this time. As he runs away. to run away down the corridor. <laughs> yeah. Stops at every corner to turn and look back at the camera, and then the doc's head thing has come off, turned into it a It turns into like bug. a flying testicle. Yeah. And then he just lands on his head and starts fucking eating him again. Yeah. And then, for some reason, he appears back in the doc's body, fully formed, with his hair back, but no face dick. Yeah, breaks and out of the body. Sort of, because they, they kind of keep merging back into well, he each sort of other. Climbs, like... He kind of breaks out and climbs out through the doc's, like, I guess what would be his torso. Mm. Yeah. And then shoves his head up the ass. Mm. And they're just like... And then you've got the, yeah, the then two you get faces this, meeting again, and they kind of peel just apart. Just headbutting each other. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're just this big <clears throat> globule mess of what were once humans. I honestly yeah. reckon that's fighting the scene each other. that Brian Usner must have looked at and gone, "I've got a brilliant idea for a finale for another movie." It's a society. society afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's well, yeah, it does. It's that kind of mm. utter weirdness. Yeah, it, it is bizarre. Um, of course, everything blows up. Yeah. <laughs> As it does. Yeah, Crampton leaps out the window, fucks up her leg. The paramedics and that they come, and the Crampton come to stare. Yeah, Crampton is mad. Yeah, I honestly think that's the most disturbing part of this whole movie is Crampton's laugh, screaming, the crying thing right yeah. at the end. At the end, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, but it's but it's like, ooh. and also she jumps out of a window and her leg is fucked, which is something you don't normally see in films. Yeah. People mm-hmm. land like, oh, I'm fine. Well, I've got a bit of a limp. No. <laughs> her leg's fucked, and yeah, she's just screaming slash crying maniacally, yeah. and uh, everyone's stood around like, well, <laughs> well, what? Do, who do we even call about this? <laughs> I mean, she can't either. get to the mental asylum. She's we've, too mental. We've called yeah. the fire department, so they'll take you to the hospital. Is that? 
Call a fucking ambulance. Surely that'll take her to the hospital. Get me everyone. <laughs> uh, it's a weird film. Very, very weird film. I still like it. Mm. I think it is... The, like, the, the, the practical effects in it are fucking great. Mm. Yeah. Like I said, it clearly, you know, Slither took a note out of this. Mm. And they do look great. Um, it's not as funny... As reanimator, no, it's just not as fun. Yeah, um, the characters aren't as good. It's uh, a lot ickier. A real yes. element of like uncomfortable in this movie. But, mm. um, the yeah, the bizarre sort of sexual elements of it are a bit okay. So it threw off my rhythm. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> so it threw off my rhythm. <laughs> yeah. Weirdest, yeah, weirdest wank ever. Yeah, it's <laughs> <a> weirdest. <laughs> it's it's darker. Yeah, mm. but it doesn't look any darker. If you see what I mean, it yeah. looks ridiculous. Mm. It should be funny, but it's not. Mm. It's just weird and creepy. And see, so yeah, some of the effects are just disgusting. <laughs> He's like, Bleh. But yeah, like in Sliver, that's disgusting. Yeah, mm. they all, yeah. So it's not as good, but I still think it's a good film. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Like, um, again, like it's a film I've heard of. I've never got around to seeing, so to, to watch it this time, like, I, I didn't really know what to expect from it. Uh, and, uh, uh, oh, it was more than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> also, Stuart Gordon was, whilst he was filming this, he was also filming Dolls at the same time, which is a film oh, really? that came out the year afterwards, which I haven't seen. It's on the list. Yeah, um, I, that, that, that's a film I've heard of, but I've never seen. Yes. And a uh, little bit of trivia, the... The sound effects for the resonator machine were sampled by the Beastie Boys for their song Intergalactic. Oh. Mm. Which is a banger. Yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, Coombs is, again, like, not particularly likeable in any of this film, like, even though he's, I guess, the hero. He doesn't get any juicy lines, though. No. Mm. No, not really. Yeah, he's, he's got uh, yeah, no zingers. No, he's kind of... They almost switch protagonists in this one, don't they? Otherwise, the more they focus on each character as they get their scene, and maybe, oh, so now this is going to be the hero. Okay, now this person's going to be the hero. No, this person's going to be the hero. Everyone's just a bit fucked up and horny. Yeah, and same as reanimate. There's no outright hero, I don't think. It's just these these events that happen to these people. Mm. Yeah. But... So, yeah, in this, I'd say Jeffrey Coombs' character is... He's not as like he's a bit more wimpy. Yeah, doesn't have like the confidence, the swagger, if you will, of Herbert West, which I'm not saying is missing, but it's just it's not as entertaining, basically. Yeah, you know, it would be cool to see this, but with Herbert West just showing up. Yeah, the guy who plays Pretorius is slimy. Yeah, he has got the creep factor. Yeah, it's not just the you know. Filming women that are they aware they're being filmed yeah. whilst he flogs them, um, yeah, and the hairy shoulders and the receding hairline yeah. and everything else. Yeah. And like, has he just built this machine to get the biggest boner in the world? Yeah, is that is that why he's done it? Because that kind of that feels like why he's done it. Mm. And he's the kind of guy that you would see sort of in eighties movies hanging out at a swimming pool with speedos on and like a big gold, gold chain, chain, big gold yeah. chain. Yeah, like the chain guy. sunken into his hairy chest. Yeah. And fake tan. Yeah. Yeah. 
selling kids coke at, outside the school. Does not make me feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger danger. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a fucking Amber Alert sort of person. <laughs> Amber Alert. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Look, they do meet their name dropped Miskatonic University in this one again at one point. Yeah, uh, his Jeffrey Coombs, uh, Crawford, his character's got a Miskatonic <laughs> t shirt or jumper on. Mm. I think that university, someone should investigate what was going on there because all of their <laughs> alumni seem to end up in real fucked up situations. Why does everybody that's ever graduated from here look like Jeffrey Coombs? <laughs> <laughs> Why well, is there always slime and dead stuff around? What's going on here? It's just sucking on my resonator. <laughs> anyway, we're back. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> and uh, if you don't mind, guys, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get on with it. So, those were two. One really good film, one good-ish film. Now we get to the... <laughs> Do I apologise now or at the end of it? Because I suggested this one because I hadn't seen it. And I was I'd never heard it. of this before you I'd, I'd never heard this. of it. Um, we're off to <laughs> Espanol, yeah? Hmm. <laughs> Still stuck in my head. Dagon from mm. 2001. Yes. Directed by Stuart Gordon, but you know that by now. Mm. And uh, produced by Brian Usner. And based on what book? It's based on the short stories Dagon and The Shadow Over Innsmouth. Right. In the There's... loosest possible fucking way, I might add. Okay. It's a bit more based on The Shadow of Innsmouth than it is Dagon. Yeah. Yeah, um, even though it's called Dagon, Dagon. and not Shadow, whatever, whatever, whatever. It stars Ezra Godden, Raquel Morono, Macarena Gomez, that is her name. Yep. Brendan Price. And Birgit Bofferal? Oh, we got to mention Francisco Rabal as well, because I've got some shit to say about that guy. Which one's that? He's the mad old hobo dude. <laughs> that's, um... Oh, yeah. No, sorry, that's the one I started writing down and forgot. I just put a line mm. for, for the F and then... Other. Um, right. So... Yeah, before we get... So this is based on Shadows Over... What? Shadow Over Innsmouth. Innsmouth. But it's called Dagon... The link between the two is the cult they're worshipping in this. They, they worship Dagon, basically. Okie dokie. You, you do get a Cthulhu name drop in there as well, because the, he's one of Cthulhu's great deep ones. They're like big underwater demigod things that people are worshipping. No one cares. It's crack on. <laughs> Aquaman! <laughs> um, oh, mate, that was a fucking masterpiece next to this. Before, so like I said, I'd never heard of this. Mm. Uh, you never heard of it. You'd no. heard of it, but you hadn't seen it. Well, I'd read the short story. That was the only reason I'd heard it. Oh, right. Uh, before, so before I watched it, I looked up the poster. Before we begin, the poster for this <laughs> looks... It, it's so unbelievably shit. As soon as I saw the poster, I was like, I don't think this film's going to be great. It looks like it was knocked up in about ten minutes. It's like they forgot everyone forgot to do a poster, and somebody's yeah. like, "Do we have a poster?" I was like, da, 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 da. "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> in Photoshop, even like the the the, the font, the typeface yeah. on the front is so fucking Windows <laughs> Windows ninety five. I know there's yeah. two posters. There's one well, one of which is like the the guy with the weird teeth who shows up in the film, and the other one's the weird abyssal swirling. The, the weird abyssal swirling. Thing. Yeah, that's the yeah. That, the real that is shit. Otherwise, yes, not better. Yes. Mm. 
Um, oh, the pot, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, a boating accident runs a young man and woman ashore in a decrepit Spanish fishing town which they discover is in the grips of an ancient sea god and its monstrous half-human offspring. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> How is this not genius? This film should have been fucking good. Evets. Uh, <laughs> right. Should it? Yes! <laughs> then I wouldn't feel so guilty right now. <laughs> so it starts, like we said, the, the poster looks like it's an abomination. Um, and then kind of the, the opening credits start with all your, your company logos and all that. And it just looks so fucking cheap before you mm. get to frame one. It's like, what? It, who made this? Is this like a video game we're about to fucking start yeah. from like the 90s? You're thinking this is a, a, a 2001, so the effects have got to be, I don't know, they, they must have moved on from well, Stuart Gordon's earlier films. No. But they're worse. These they are. are worse. <laughs> he said the mummy was bad. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Scorpion King is looking like fucking Avatar right now yeah. compared to this. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Um, well, yeah, the big difference is that the practical effects are predominantly out the window now, and we have moved to the age of CGI, which, as we learned from the um, pitch meeting, mm. will never get better than the early 2000s. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> it starts with a bloke, and he's underwater, and there's an eye, like a stone eye hole thing underwater. Yeah, which he dives into. Yeah, and there's some gold he finds. Yeah. And then there's like a corpse who's smiling and he's like, what? And it turns out the corpse is actually a mermaid. Yeah. And then she's got big fangs and kind of goes to eat him. And he wakes up, gives us all a drink. Mm. He wakes up on a boat with his uh, girlfriend. girlfriend. Yep. yep. So at this point, I discovered the, the copy I was watching was in Japanese, uh, and I had to find another copy, because I don't speak Japanese. What? What? <laughs> I feel let down. Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> Although, to be fair, Japanese dubbing for this one with the tentacles, not hugely surprised. Before... I kind of wish I'd watched the whole film in Japanese. <laughs> Before it actually started, with all the names that were coming up, and the names of the companies and that, and obviously this film is it's actually a Spanish film. Yeah. Mm. Um, it was made in... Spain by uh, Spanish film companies. But yeah, when it was coming up, I was thinking to myself, is this going to be in Spanish? Some of it is. In mm. Some of it is. Well. There's thought... no subtitles. Well, I didn't have any subtitles. No, I didn't have any subtitles. Right. subtitles no. right. But I was thinking, like, is this whole thing going to be in Spanish? Mm. Uh, it's not. It is like a, a few Americans, but it's predominantly in English, thank God, because I, I mean, <laughs> I'm nothing against like foreign language films at all. But when it's that bad, and you've got to concentrate on reading, <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, that's all a dream, and he wakes up, and he's actually, he's on a boat, and his girlfriend's there, and he's all like, it's kind of this, another dream, another bad dream, honey? And he's like, I don't feel right. Fucking main actor in this movie. Yeah. Jesus. But he's, even though he doesn't feel right, she tries to reassure him by saying, Look, we're fucking rich. Yeah. So it turns out this couple are loaded. Mm. Well, I don't know. But he doesn't feel good about being loaded. I don't no. know how he's made. I, I, I couldn't quite concentrate I, enough to find out how he's made his money. But I he think feels it's guilty for it. Stocks. Right. Because he's got that laptop. Yeah, he's gonna, I'm just going to check the stocks. But this, that whole scene is basically him ruining a blowjob. Yeah, he, deli he as she goes down to suck his cock, he shouts that one shout out. He delivers the line, 
I don't find this enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> and she is miffed. Yeah, um. as unsurprising. Yeah. Understandably so. Bro, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and she's so miffed, she throws his laptop overboard. Yeah. <laughs> but they get up top, and there's another couple up there, slightly older couple, who I guess are just friends of theirs. Like, not Vicky really. and Howard. Mm. Yeah, not really explained, but I think... But she mentions Howard, first of all, because uh, she sparks up a cigarette and he goes, must you smoke now? And she goes, Howard says it's all right. And he's like, eh, Howard. And then it turns out they're friends. Howard owns the boat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And his wife, Vicky, is there. And they're up top. And as she's doing the throwing the laptop in and they're arguing, Vicky kind of says, like, do you mind moving? There's only so much sun left. Yeah. And obviously she's sunbathing. Get out of the way. Also, Howard is there drinking a glass of wine. So it's the evening. Yeah. So they've woken up in the. Like, yeah, they've just woken up. <laughs> like seven o'clock in the yeah. evening. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they had a heavy one. Uh, again, not really explained. Oh, just just, just exhausted from all those blowjobs he's not enjoying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then there's a random storm. Mm. Which comes in fast. It comes in fast and <laughs> digitally. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh god it looks so bad a, a big old storm come they're, basically they're on their little yacht which is just outside of this village uh, which is called anybody, anybody yeah the Spanish word for Innsmouth basically I'm guessing that's what it is yeah I it is did yeah. not look it up no, it is <laughs> so yeah, a storm comes in from out of nowhere and the boat hits some rocks and Vicky has her legs squashed yeah down in the the galley or whatever. It's her bedroom, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Crash into a rock. Her leg is squished. Oh no. And then, so they're there dealing with that. The the boat is stuck on the rocks. Yeah. And uh, is it Paul, the main character? Paul is yeah. the main character. Paul, Paul Marsh. Paul and his girlfriend, they get on the, the dinghy or whatever, and they said so they're going to head. Is her name Barbara? Barbara? It is Barbara, yeah. It is yeah. Barbara. They're going to head to land, to the village, to get help. They fire a flare. Which does nothing. Which does yeah. nothing, because there's nobody there. Yeah. So they decide to go and have a look at this potentially abandoned village. Yeah. Uh, and just leaving Vicky and Howard there. Yeah. And they get to the village, and yeah, there's nobody really there. Until was it, they go to the church. <laughs> they, they go... There's that singing, you can hear this weird singing yeah. thing. So they head towards the eerie singing. Yeah. Which, again, I mean, I would be in the shortest films ever, but I would not do. No. No. <laughs> like, this really, that whole bit when they first get to them, they feel the only positive thought I had about this film is oh, this has got a slight Resident Evil 4 kind of vibe to it. Have you ever played the intro to Resident Evil 4? Which I guess neither of you two have, but. No. no. Yeah, I, got, I was momentarily excited. Yeah, it passed very fucking quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the village seems to be empty. They eventually get to the, the weird, creepy church thing where they find the local padre. Mm. So the esoteric order of Dagon written in Spanish on the wall. Okay. Mm. Uh, turns out padre has fish hands. Yep. Kind of like webbed, fishy hands thing going on. That man from Atlantis or Aquaman? No, I'm ignoring him. <laughs> the best bit is where Paul is. Basically, this then he goes. I don't really want to leave you here. This guy is creepy as fuck. And, and the then, priest is like, "Oh yeah, I can speak English, by the way." <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't defend himself though. You noted. Like, <laughs> uh, one is quite creepy. Yes. 
Uh, so yeah, the, the, the padre with fish hands. <laughs> <laughs> he takes them to a boat, and there's um, that. There's Paul gets on the boat with guy in sunglasses. Mm. Guy, yeah, but both of these guys are quite clearly not right. Yeah. Mm. And he's so Paul and Guy in sunglasses are going back to get Vicky and Howard. And this is the Meanwhile, point where Paul stabs himself with a fish hook. Yes, which yeah. has no relevance whatsoever. He just basically stabs himself with a fish hook, and the, it does the really fake hands. How else yeah. are you going to know it's a fishing village? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you think, oh, was that going to mean something later? No, no, no it does not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the hook in the hand, and yeah, it's, it's really obviously fake hand. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're going back to the the yacht to get. Vicky and Howard. Meanwhile, Vicky and Howard are having a terrible time. All of Vicky's blood, which is going into the ocean, it seems to have activated some kind of crude oil spill from yeah. out of nowhere. And it starts, the, the oil, the black stuff is coming up into the boat. So Howard, thinking, gets his gun and shoots it. <laughs> <laughs> shoots it basically at Vicky's leg. Yeah. Was it not meant to be like... You know, like squid ink or something coming from suckers that are grabbing all of the boat or something. No, the boat's stuck on a rock. That doesn't make more sense. And it's also, we have a, there are a couple of underwater shots of the boat just stuck on Which a rock. Poorly animated. Yes, yeah, really bad CGI. I'm already giving this film more credit than it deserves, and I still didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> also, anyone notice that Howard's accent changes between scenes? Yeah, I did yep. not notice that. Uh, in the, when we first meet him, he sounds really posh in English. Right. And later on downstairs in the cabin with Vicky, he sounds Irish. Oh, right. no, I didn't the sound was pretty poor on my copy. I've got to say, no, no, that's just the sound editing. <laughs> uh, by the time Paul gets there, they're gone. Yeah, they've disappeared. They've disappeared. So back to the village he goes. Meanwhile, Barbara, Barbara, who hasn't gone with him, has stayed at the village. Uh, she goes to the local hotel. <laughs> Um, now, this is hotel in the loosest form of the word. She walks into a building that says hotel, and there's a guy <laughs> behind the desk who says nothing. He has worse customer service skills than I do. Yeah. It's can attest. <laughs> he's, there's obviously something wrong with him. Mm. She's trying to use the phone. He's not even reacting to what she's saying. Yeah. So she just picks up the phone. And then I think like she gets grabbed mm. by who is it? Padre? By him. Or some... no, it's by him. And then the moment she puts her other hand to take his hand off, he steps backwards, turns around, and looks at the back wall, and that's when you notice the gills behind his ears. That's it. Yeah. He has gills. Yeah. Yes. It's it's Kevin Costner from Waterworld, <laughs> <laughs> but less heroic. <laughs> and yeah, she is. She's she's taken Just away. Just woman BT either. <laughs> 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 Paul gets back to land and he's like, Where's my girlfriend? Oh, yeah. you speak English? Oh, <laughs> can you understand me? Oh, <laughs> just puts O on the end of everything and thinks that the Spanish one. It's a typical British tourist, basically. <laughs> yeah, he's American. <laughs> British or American tourist, then. So he. He gets to the hotel and just has the, the same awful interaction with the man behind the desk. He's like, Rumo, <laughs> for me, can I have a key, yo? Need a Rumo, do you understand me, yo? That's <laughs> You've actually done that better than the film. <laughs> the, the guy, again, is just standing there looking like he's trying to hold in a massive shit. And not reacting to what he's saying or speaking, and eventually he turns around, and gives him a key, and he's oh he's got gills, and Paul sees he's got gills. 
He doesn't ask, like, what's the gills about, oh? Um, <laughs> Just chooses to politely not mention it. Yeah. He's like, where is the room? Oh. Oh? <laughs> is it upstairs, oh? Hello? <laughs> oh? Be hello, oh, or hello? Uh. So, Paul essentially checks himself in to, yeah, the worst hotel ever. Yeah, mm. I'm pretty sure I stayed in that room in Prague. Mm. <laughs> Reminded me of the toilet in Trainspotting, but it's an entire fucking <laughs> entire building. fucking room. Yeah. Right? yeah, everything's disgusting. Yeah, they're not Nothing big on works. cleaning in this no. place. Like, he goes to unlock the room to get in, and it's not even locked. Right. Um, the toilet, the, the sink has rancid water coming out of it. The bed has, like, what looks like an outline of the previous tenant <laughs> in dirt. Yeah. So just the previous tenant's decomposed body yeah. over the yeah. last 20 years. Still there in some brown, mushy form on the mattress. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty horrific. Um, oh, then and as he's walking, there's a weird noise comes out of one of the rooms as he's going towards it that sounds like somebody has a seal in it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, Arr! yeah, and I was like, that would be weird if they had a seal in it. And then as the film progresses, like, it wouldn't be weird at all if they had a seal in the room. <laughs> no. So he has a nap in the armchair, which is about the only clean thing to sit on. Yeah. And uh, the mermaid shows up. Is that? Well, he thinks it's Barbara. He thinks mm. it's Barbara, but yeah, it's actually the mermaid wearing Barbara's clothes. Yeah. Um, and then tentacles coming out of her mouth. mouth. Yes, and again attack him, and he wakes up. Because <coughs> it's all a dream. Not all of it, but that bit was. He's still yeah. in the shitty hotel. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the rest of the film is ripped. <laughs> yeah. And then, so he's in his room, and... Uh, Suddenly, all the villagers, the townsfolk, the townsfolk <laughs> gather outside his window and start kicking off. They're all like, "Who's this prick staying in the fucking hotel? Are you local?" Lardy Dar gets a hotel room. Yeah, it's about a thirty seconds. No, not even that long. Probably about ten seconds where they actually start to emulate the only scene in the book that was actually really quite freaky. And again, for a split second, I thought, "Oh, are they going to at least have one moment where they do this story justice?" And no, no. Um, but in the but there's a whole bit where he's like trapped in the hotel room and he can hear stuff moving around in the hallway outside him. And he's trying mm. to think how he's going to move from room to room without getting spotted. And then I think I cackled out loud at the point where he decides to lock himself into the room by locking the flimsiest, smallest lock onto the fucking door that using his scene. trusty Swiss army yeah, knife. The fact that it takes the entire town longer than it takes him to unscrew the fucking bolt from mm. one door and screw it onto the other door and he just manages to f like fix the, front, the, the main door uh, before they get to it is fucking genius. And then... They're like banging on the door and he steps back and it goes, can I help you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a laughable fucking scene. I mean, the, the villagers, are, they're, they're coming after him. They're up in the fucking hotel and yeah, it, it, that, it could be plausible and kind of enjoyable. Like, oh, what's going to happen? What's he going to do? Yeah. And then our, our hero of the piece uh, just realises his door is locked. So gets out his army knife, unscrews the bolt from another door yeah. to put onto the main door before they can get before in. Before they manage I to get to his room. I can't help but feel a lot of the problems that this guy had could have been solved by an interpreter. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? No. Do you think if he spoke a bit of Spanish, they would have been like, oh, this is a massive misunderstanding, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they break down the door anyway. Yeah, and then he's stuck in another room, and then he leaps out of a window, falls about what four stories? Yeah, yeah. into a glass ceiling. Yeah, and it's like ah, my leg. 
got a bit of a limp. <laughs> He's fine. He should be dead. Or at least have a several broken bones. If yeah, not, got, all that glass fine. broke his fall. Lucky. Mm. <laughs> that's what, isn't that, we, that's what Arsenal's renowned for that. No? Yeah. <laughs> Better than a feathered bed. <laughs> and what follows... <laughs> So yeah, he's he's landed through the glass into like the, I guess the, the village greenhouse, <laughs> and inside is kind of like an abattoir. There's a few pigs hanging up and stuff like yeah. that. There's also human skin, people skin, people mm. skin, people suits, including Howard, including mm. what's left of Howard, which is not a lot. It's just kind of his, well, just his skin really, mm. and his face. So they're all coming in, and as the, the idea is, yeah, it's a classic. <clears throat> like they're trying to build up tension. Yeah. You know, it's it's the Velociraptors in the kitchen. Yeah. They're trying to do that, or something similar. He's in there. They're looking for him. He's trying to get spotted. He's moving around. He's noticing. Oh my god, there's a fucking human skin there, or whatever. He then escapes. All right, and I'm not really sure how he's done this. Essentially, what he does is he picks up what looks like um, a frame, which yeah. you would hold a painting in, but actually it's got human skin in it, just kind of hanging across of it. it. Yeah. yeah. And he picks that up and he runs out yeah. past the crowd holding up the frame. They're already holding up people's skin, so he just looks like one of them now. But he doesn't. <laughs> 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 uh, and, and he's wearing like a fucking orange top. Yeah. With Miskatonic University. With Miskatonic University. Again, yeah. another alumni that has gone on to... It's like, you know, in The Walking Dead where they decide that they can walk through the zombies if they put smear, like, fucking blood and guts all over them and then shuffle a bit. Yeah. And then um, they, the, the zombies won't know it's them. It's like a worse attempt at that. <laughs> it just looks... It's like they're all kind of like, you know... Uh, and he's going, one, in the opposite direction. Yeah. Two, he's running. Yeah. Three, he's wearing bright orange. And he's not even, like covering his face he's just holding a picture frame which doesn't even it's not even, the frame isn't even filled in all the way and he gets out you're like what the fuck was that what did I just watch was that real the gad man yeah there's a reason this entire village has been cursed and it's mainly stupidity yeah it, uh, and then when he escapes and he hides, like, I don't know, in some corridor. Did anyone else notice um, Eddie Murphy from Trading Places scoots by on, like, a little... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A little dude just with no legs, like, on a wheel thing. <laughs> like, what, what Billy Valentine. Yeah, that's it, Billy Valentine. <laughs> anyone else see that? What's going on here? <laughs> um, and then he is accosted by an old drunk. Yeah. The end. Now, <laughs> you wish. <laughs> it took me almost three sentences from this the the, the bum guy for me to realise that he was speaking English. English. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first night you wrote about him. This guy is so fucking difficult to understand. I have no fucking idea what he said for most of his fucking existence yeah. in this film. Here's right. Here's what I got. <coughs> so, old drunk, loco tramp. Mm. He's the only person in the village that isn't, you know, trying to kill him. Mm. And isn't fishified. Isn't fishy. Mm. <laughs> and he basically explains what's going on and why it's happening. Unfortunately, you can't understand a fucking word he's yeah. saying. You've chosen... What was the actor's name? Sorry? Uh, Francisco... Francisco Rabal. Yeah. He was Spanish. Mm. Um, speaking English... 
His accent's quite thick. I'm not sure anyone told him that he was supposed to act drunk, not be drunk, <laughs> while he was delivering his lines. But and also, the sound mixing is so fucking bad. This guy's main job in this film is to provide all of the exposition. Mm. Yeah. Like, to explain the basic plot of what is going on and in this film. And you can't understand And it. he can't fucking speak. What I got was, the girlfriend is dead. Mm. Yeah. And then we have a flashback sequence, narrated by a guy you can't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but what I got from that... Alright... Eons ago, in the town of Innsmouth, or whatever the Spanish version is, when he was but a wee lad, Innsmoutho, he was a a wee boy, and there was a fishing village that wasn't catching any fish. And the local padre was like, let's all get to church and pray for fish. A total random guy showed up and was like, the Capitan. Do not pay. Do not pray to God or Jesus. Pray to Dagon. Dagon, and he shall provide you with actual fish. And they were like, okay. I've, so they did. Is there and any it fine word on this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Captain, say, God, bring no fish. That's about the only bit I got. Mm. What? <laughs> exactly. No, was... God, bring no fish. Ah, God, bring no fish. <laughs> Godo bringo no fisher. <laughs> so yeah, God is not providing with fish, so they go to Dagon to pray, and Dagon's like, "Here's gold." And so we want fish. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna fucking eat this. <laughs> and old drunk, who you can't understand's parents are like, "No, this is silly. We should carry on worshiping God. Fuck your gold." So he gets his throat cut, obviously. Yep. Yep. And then the townspeople are like, oh, wow, it worked. We got fish and Dagon is great. Well, let's now worship him. And, you know, just to add insult to injury, we're going to go to the church and destroy it and smash up all the statues of Jesus and crosses yeah. and then sledgehammer the fucking padre. Nice. To death. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the back. That's, I think that's what's that's happened. That's literally it. Yeah. But then... They turn into fish because... Yeah, they kind of left that out from the main story. Part of the subclause with Dagon is to say, you've got to give me a load of your women, and they're going to mate with my uh, minions, and you're going to start giving birth to half fish, half humans. See, that would, like, at various points in this film, it's, it's like uh, hinted at that people might be being impregnated by something. Yeah, fish. So, yeah, to mention that might have been... Well, I, saw, I thought the idea was they were turning into fish. That's what I thought. I thought all these people were already... I thought they were humans that were slowly yeah, that turning, turning into, into fish. fish. That's what I got. Yeah. Surely if they'd mated with fish, they would already be born half be fish. arrested. On wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after all of that, <laughs> whatever that was, <laughs> he runs, basically we now just have him going from place to place being chased by villagers. He goes yeah. to a different building. Um, he... He runs in there instead of running away because he's an idiot. Mm -hmm. He then sneaks into a room where he finds the mermaid woman. Yes. The mermaid woman oh from who's God. from his dreams is in bed and he sees her and she has got some serious crazy eyes going on. Yeah, yeah. Mm. She looks mental for You know like that um that meme of like the crazy obsessed girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There, that's what she looks like. Yeah. yeah. She looks fucking mental. So he sees this woman who he's had a number of dreams about and every one of them ends with her killing him. So mm. he decides to walk up to her and starts kissing her because that would yeah. be fine. 
It's like your girlfriend's just died, mate. Yeah, and also his girlfriend's just died. But now he's like, actually, I'm just going to start, you know, locking lips with this woman who is probably going to kill me, as is foreshadowed. But fuck all that. He's horny. Yeah, he's going to bang it. Yeah. He then starts feeling her up, grabs some titties, mm -hmm. makes his way down, grabs some scaly, scaly stuff. <laughs> and uh, rips off the duvet cover. To reveal she has squid legs. She's not a mermaid. She's got squid legs. She's literally got tentacles. Yeah, two big old tentacles. And obviously he's like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Slightly off-putting. Obviously. <clears throat> so he goes and runs off to a different building. <laughs> this time, he meets a young, annoying child oh, who yeah. doesn't shut up for the entire scene, screaming in Spanish, I don't know what he's saying. And then the child's dad, who is Squidward, shows up and beats him up. <laughs> but that's the weirdest <laughs> part as well. <clears throat> this entire house is filled with water. I mean, even, there's water everywhere. Even though it's up on a hill. Sorry. Even though it's up on a yeah. hill, but it's filled with water. But then this guy grabs him and decides that he's going to drown Paul in the shitty toilet. Oh, yeah, he bog washes yeah. him. Yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> could have drowned him anywhere <laughs> in the house, but he's going to add insult to injury and drown him in a shitty toilet. <laughs> yeah. <Ooh. laughs> uh, he kills Squidward. He does. He doesn't kill the annoying child. Sadly. Damn it. No, he really should have done. And then he... <laughs> And he runs off again to a different building, but unfortunately, he is caught outside by the villagers in a net of all things. A slow motion. In slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I don't even remember what the fuck happens after that bit. Other than he's, uh, the, the, he's taken to that the jail, like wooden jail thing. Did that old where... man show up again? Well, Barbara's there because she isn't dead. That's it. There, his girlfriend is alive. He doesn't yeah. mention that he just snogged the squid. Nearly baked the woman. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, Vicky's not dead place. either. Vicky is not dead, but she has she no has leg. leg. Yeah, she's mm. missing a leg. And then, yeah, and Ezekiel. That's the guy's name. Ezekiel yeah. is the, uh, ah, the bum. Whose nose well. looks a lot better in this scene. That? Yeah, that weird slashy thing. In, it? in the first yeah. scene, it looks like Ezekiel's nose is almost split in half. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then in the next scene he's in, it doesn't. it looks all right. Oh, maybe maybe it gets worse no. later. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but this is the first time. Like, Vicky's alluding to the fact that something is inside her. And Ezekiel tries to explain. They don't understand, and then he blurts out the one word you can kind of get, and says he fucked her. Yeah, mm. essentially alluding that uh, Dagon, fish god, bit of a diddler. Well, he ain't diddling, he's full-on powered slamming. <laughs> <laughs> he has fucked Vicky, and Vicky is now pregnant and missing a leg. Yeah. Full place changed in my time. <laughs> Although, actually, just after that is my favourite moment in the film, is when he punches the padre in the face. Yeah. And it's, like, so quick. You have to just go, bang! <laughs> and they all jump out. And the villagers are all there, and they've got him. And Vicky, one leg, Vicky's like, "I'm gonna kill myself." Yeah, she stabs herself in the stomach. Yep. Good. Yep. And then I can't even remember what happens to the girlfriend. Oh yeah, they're taking. Yeah, anyway. well, they take her off, and they take Paul and Ezekiel to that room where they strap them up. Yeah. So the villagers, at this point, we've kind of figured out that they are turning into fish people, um, and some of, they've got gills and long fucking hands and they're all mutated and weird and fucked up some of the face masks you know they try to use to cover the people literally look like wet leaves draped across their fucking heads oh, yeah. they look yeah, absolutely they're... awful oh, it's a lot of money uh, spent on 
the makeup. No. no. So they they take them off, all prisoner, and Ezekiel and Paul, uh, they're strapped up. <laughs> the priest, the padre, shows up, and he's kind of explaining, we're fish, and this is what we do. And apparently what fish do is cut people's faces off. And yeah. Ezekiel is defaced. Um, and possibly the one scene that cost any money in the film. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually almost looked all right. Yeah, yeah. it's actually it's, it's the right effect. Yeah, it's I think not it's a bad defacing. It's a pretty good defacing. I'll give them that. They didn't shy away, and it looked all right. <laughs> and then Mermaid Lady shows up in her wheelchair, wheelchair. and she <laughs> saves Paul. Yeah. And then she explains to Paul, "We're going to go live under the sea forever, for literally ever." Yeah. And he's like, uh, no, we're it's not. It's one of the best lines in this film as well, where oh, he's like, fucking, I'll stay, on. let go of Barbara. And she's like, well, no, Dagon needs Barbara. And he's like, fuck, fuck Dagon. Dagon. She's like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope you were going for it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, so it's, it is revealed. Obviously, we, we kind of get by now that they're fish. Uh, the idea is we're all going to turn into fish, head into the sea, and we're going to live there for all eternity in some kind of weird fishy paradise. Yes. Under the sea. They quite don't... as wholesome as that. <laughs> <laughs> don't know, you haven't been there yet. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's some questionable themes <clears> in The Little Mermaid if you go back and watch it. I'm even going to begin with the breach of contract in that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so then there is this sacrificial chamber thing oh, where they've got the girlfriend. Thing. They've got her strapped up, kind of like Temple of Doom, kind of... Um, 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 An octa woman's just being mental and just carving at her. Yeah, she's just... Yeah. Cutting up her torso and tits for no reason. Also, why do they cut their faces off? So they can wear them. They're wearing them in this scene. Yeah, but why? I have no fucking idea at all. They miss their own faces. They want to look like... Even though these villagers are all, yay, we're turning into fish, they're still like, oh, but cut off their faces and let's wear them. When we go and see Dagon, Dagon doesn't like our fish faces, so we have to wear human faces. It's so fucking weird. Dagon, you'll never guess what. Rip off the face. We're like you now. (laughs) He's like, oh God, no. Put the human face back on. (laughs) So there's this room and in the middle of it is a a, a pit, essentially, and the pit leads down to the ocean. Hmm. And they're all there and Paul sneaks up behind them, chucks some gasoline or whatever it is, something inflammable, as it says on the tin, Hmm. And sets it on fire, and they all go up in flames, and they're all running around. Oh, I'm on fire! Yeah, no one really tries to stop him from chucking petrol all over. Them. Also, none of the people that are on fire, you know, jump in the pit of water next to them. <laughs> Dagon's in there, so See, I mean, that probably won't end well. Right, there's plenty of sea for everybody. For fuck's sake. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, they don't like that at all. Oh yeah, and he also, he, one of the people he sets fire to is the guy that's slowly lowering Barbara into the pit. And she drops so then, down into yeah, the pit. And he's yeah. like, oh fuck, I'm on fire. Barbara fucking plunges yep. into the sea. He pulls Barbara up. Dagon shows up in the form of a few tentacles. By the way, Dagon does not have tentacles. Mm. Dagon, I, mean, I, care. I mean, that's all he is in this film, is tentacles, really. Yeah. yeah, Dagon takes Barbara but leaves the arms. Yeah. <laughs> Disarms her. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, Paul's all like, oh no. So Mermaid comes along and has to explain to him again. This is where it gets really weird. What is actually going on? She's like, oh, and also you've got um, hairy head fish guy. He's wearing a really. It's not like he's wearing. It's like he's wearing someone's face mask, but he's got it backwards. Yeah. So it's just like hair. Yeah. And they have to explain to Paul, and she says. Listen, 
You are a son of Dagon. Turns out he's got gills on his... Yeah, he's got gills on him. Yeah. Look at you, you've got gills. I'm a fucking squid. Dagon is essentially your father. You are the son. I am the daughter. I am your sister. And I will soon be your lover. Yes. Says this totally straight face, by the way. Fair, fair fucks for that scene, at least. Well done, love. <laughs> so, yeah, basically... <laughs> We're brother and sister, and together we are going to turn into fish and live underwater and bang for all eternity. And he sets himself on fire. Because fuck that. Because, yeah. Oh, and also, hairy-headed, got his mask on backwards, takes off his mask. And it, is, is, is it Cthulhu? Yeah, it's I think that's the like reference they're going Cthulhu. for. Because, like, yeah, it's all very much He's like the head fish I mean, Cthulhu thing. seems a lot less terrifying if he's kind of man-height. Yeah, and just hunched over with not, not a couple of crutches as well. <laughs> yeah, Cthulhu's a bit of a like disabled. So yeah, I mean they never mentioned the whole spinal bifida thing and the whole fish contract, did yeah. they? No. So obviously, yeah. Paul, after hearing that he's going to have to live underwater for all eternity, shagging his sister, decides to set himself on fire, which is fair enough, quite mm. frankly. Yeah. She then is like, "I'm having none of that, Paulo," and pushes him into the water pit. Well, she mm. disrobes. Yes. And then slivers towards slivers because squids sliver when they're on land. <laughs> with their, she's only got two tentacles, by the way. She hasn't yeah. got like a full-on eight rack. Well, they couldn't afford eight. <laughs> no. <laughs> and she pushes him into the water, and he lands in the water, and it's he's a bit all crispy. He's all burnt up, but he's alive underwater, and he's like, oh fuck. So she has essentially saved him, and takes his hand, and they swim off together through the eye that we saw at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. They swim through there to live together for all eternity as brother and sister having Thanks. sex. Yes. The end. I'm not even joking. That's what that happened. <laughs> I am so sorry about that film. <laughs> you didn't make it, mate. I mean, like, no, I suggested it, didn't I? <laughs> Do you remember when we did The Mummy Returns and after everything had done and I wrote everything down, I just put why. Yeah. With this, I just put how. <laughs> I just got damn that was hard work because we know Stuart Gordon can make good films yes. <laughs> and we know that Brian Usner can produce and direct good films and we know that H.B. Lovecast can write some good stuff because we've seen it in the past but how did this fucking happen? I don't know how this film exists like it's just I mean I'm always glad it did like I'm just <laughs> I mean watching this I would never have watched this film in a billion years like if it wasn't for doing this and if ever, kind of, if ever you're going to say to an aspiring film creator, like, you know, yeah. anyone can make movies, this is the fucking film you show them. You're yeah. like, I told you. This, is a, this film was made without really trying. But this is like <laughs> an established director and yeah. producer working together. And my two main notes on it were needed more fun, needed more Jeffrey Coombs. Yeah, it's not funny. I think at times it tries to be funny. Mm. Um, but you're just like, is that a joke? You're laughing at all the wrong bits. Yeah. It looks shit. The cinematography, the CGI is appalling. It looks like a made-for-TV film that was shown on like Channel 5 20 years ago, which it probably was. Again, to yeah. remind people, when you said there's the one bit where they try and do the Jurassic Park Raptors in the Kitchen thing, mm. this film was released eight fucking years later. Yeah. Oh, but yeah eight years later after the, the, the progress that that had made with CGI technology. Mm. And still, I mean... Yeah, my God, it looks like somebody threw this together on a, like, on a Spectrum 1 to 8K. Yeah. <laughs> The script is shit as well. Yeah. And the acting's fucking appalling. Yeah. The main guy in it, I don't think I've been that annoyed by a protagonist in a film in a fucking long time. The thing is, I'm pretty sure I just saw him in Band of Brothers, which came out the same year. He is in Band of Brothers, yeah. I yeah. He is in Band of Brothers. He Does he get also... shot multiple fucking times? 
He Please. worked with Gordon again on that, that one you mentioned for the um, Masters of Horror thing. He was ah. the uh, star of that episode as well. Oh, well, let's skip that then. <laughs> what? I, a lot of acting does come down to direction. Direction. Mm. You, if you want an example of what an actor does when they're not under actual proper direction, look at Johnny Depp and Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you get. But yeah, Stuart Gordon has, or had, sorry, certain talents, but drama and powerful performances weren't really them. He could, you know, make his way around a, a, a comedic script and something that would be kind of schlocky and fun. Mm. Um, but that didn't really work this time. I think <laughs> whatever it was they were going for also didn't work, no, whether it was trying to be serious. I think the main guy in it reminded me of he made me think of an American version of Will from the Inbetweeners for most yeah, of the, the glances, yeah. yeah just the general, he just looks a little bit like him in a couple of shots. You're thinking of him trying to be like a hero, defend this skinny little dude who can apparently fall four stories, can't fight off a squid, but it's okay because he's got a Swiss army knife. Mm-hmm. And the bit where he threatens a couple of people with it, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, this film is only marginally better than Verotica. Yeah. <laughs> now I'll give you that. In terms of production value and um I've seen wrestling vignettes with better production value. <laughs> um I'll say the editing as in literally the, the cutting and the pasting is slightly better than Verotica. Yeah. At least it it kind of makes a linear story from start to finish and you, you know if it wasn't for the very strong accents and bad sound mixing you might know what's going on. Yeah. But I think we kind of got what was happening. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I fully understood the story. Sadly, <laughs> um, <laughs> all people whips are not enough. Fuck all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah it's, it's 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 a darn shame that that's the last Stuart Gordon film we're talking about. Not ever, but no, no. That, that <laughs> it's like we know he can make good films. We know Brian Usner can make you know, not not good. Like they're not going to win Oscars. No, but fun, enjoyable enjoyable films. That's that's what cinemas should be about. And then you've got this. Apparently they actually tried to originally make this in the 1980s. I can't help but feel it would have been a better film. Yeah, yeah. Because there wouldn't have been any fucking CGI for starters. And Barbara Crampton could have been in it. (laughs) I mean, she could have, she could have been in this, but maybe I don't know. Maybe she read a script. And thought, no. <laughs> well, at least someone involved in it did. <laughs> is the how how different is it from the actual the story? Shadows? Really, really fucking different. Oh. Like, yeah, it's, it's the usual kind of like private investigator goes to a town, discovers everything that's going on, and then at the end of it, um, he sort of makes it out, gets himself home, and discovers that he's now slowly turning into a fish thang and it just ends with him holding a revolver that he's bought saying I haven't used it yet and that's pretty much how it ends that's a much better story yeah, why right. would you it change is. it <laughs> so I only listened to the audiobook last week because um, for some reason I couldn't get my Kindle file because mm. I've got like obviously all of Lovecraft's worked on there and I've tried to give it really couldn't get working so I'm like fuck it I'll do the audiobook which is nearly four hours long so I like, you know, commit to that shit and I really enjoyed it I do think it's one of the best Lovecraft stories I've read but this was just absolute gash buckets that's gash awful buckets. <laughs> yeah well that's that <clears throat> I apologise once more let us never speak <laughs> of this again <laughs> one day we'll have to do like a a list of the, the best and worst films we've watched for the sake of this show. Can't wait to see how many bad ones my name are next to. Like, who picked this one? <laughs> Fuck's sake. I've still got you beat. I made you watch Rocker twice. Yeah, so. you did. Uh... <laughs>
between you've seen that three times now, so if anything, I think that also gives you your free pass on Veronica. Yes. So you're all right. Right. That's it for this week. Mm. Don't forget to like and share and subscribe and go on to whatever social media you're on and type in the horror tap and there we are in your fucking face. Don't watch Dagon. Don't watch Dagon. Don't watch No, do watch Rocker. Yeah. I definitely do watch these films just for the sake you have to see them. <laughs> I kind of yeah. I mean, we've made the effort to watch them and make yeah. this show. So you could make some listening effort to, to <laughs> listening to us talk about them. I, th- I think you'd have to see it just to appreciate it as much as we do. Like I said, you got to see it to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>